Hello, welcome to the Honest Wargamer. I'm your host, Rob. Welcome to Monday Night Ages. Oh, we still don't have a show name, do we? Something. It's Monday Night, which means we're talking Age of Sigma. Joined by Pockrot Nathan. Hello, hello. Good evening. And also Stabber James. <laughs> Stabber Grot. Oh, I should be going up. There we go. <laughs> stab him in the gonads. I yeah, got some or, scissors. I'll stab you with them. Or as most people know, uh, the Nathan Show Plus guests. Uh, our regular co-host Dan is away today, but that has meant that we've been able to put the lovely uh, Warhammer Age Sigma Three art in our other little box, so that's useful. Lovely Hello, bit everyone. of Sotrum cast. Yes, Sotrum cast. Uh, hello, everyone in the Twitch chat for joining us live. Uh, obviously, the, it, this is filmed in front of a live studio audience, which is the Twitch chat. Like Friends, only uh, not as funny, weirdly. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, thanks to all the YouTube thugs who are watching this back on YouTube. If you're one of the new YouTube thugs, hit subscribe and do all that other jazz. And if you are one of the podcast ho- Hydro homies, make sure you have a sip of water, which I'm going to do right now. Ooh. Mm. Thanks for the subscribes to the Honest Wargamer Patreon supports the show, and thank you right at the top to MJ Pegasus for donating a gift subscription. That's where we're at. Today's show is we're going to be reviewing the Age of Sigmar 3 core rules. We're also going to be reviewing the War Scrolls for the Dominion box. Thanks, RoboSaber, for resubscribing. Uh, and that's pretty fun. James, are you excited about today's show? Yes, yeah, super excited. I've literally, my WhatsApp chats... Facebook chats, they blew up today, and my work is obscene busy. So I have, I think I read the first page and then was like, I'll read this later, and never got to later. (laughs) (laughs) Everyone who's ever read a tournament pack can testify to the same. They're like, where is it? Okay, I'll read the rest later. They never did it. Thank you, AK Craig, for subscribing. That's pretty nice. Yeah, WhatsApp has been pretty mental today. Some of you out there who might be new, Ruskles, thank you for resubscribing, um, who might not know, but one of the things that... Ha- There's a lot of WhatsApp groups for Age of Sigma where people communicate with each other. It's basically the same 35 people, uh, but they just pretend that it's not the same 35 people. There's loads of little Facebook groups. There's loads of large Facebook groups you can be a part of. Facebook chats. Nathan pretty much predominantly posts everything that he does on TikTok. Is that right, Nate? Yep. Yep. Tic Tac Talk. <laughs> Perfect. There's also Reddit as a Thorum as well, which I think mm. is, uh, which is good. Right, before we get on with the news, though, I know you guys are excited. I'm excited too. Uh, I'm going to have to ask my co-hosts how they are. Nathan, how you been this week? Oh, I've been all right. Uh, well, uh, it's been a bit lazier than normal because my van's been broken. So just waiting for that to get fixed. So other than that, uh, not a lot of hobby, just waiting for the gits roundup, which we had today. So, yes, oh, we've seen that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not letting you get away with that. Jack hates streams and Jacob Stacey. Thank you all for subscribing. Uh, Rob's mic is good. Oh, good. Thank you. You made me worry then for a little uh, moment. Oh, a little quiet compared to it's because we turned it down for the weekend, but I got you guys back. So there we go. How's that sound? I just want to be too... I'm very excited, so I don't want to be too hype. Uh, there we go. This should even it all out for everyone. Thanks very much for helping the podcast guys out. Uh, Nathan, what do you mean about the faction review? If you don't go, know, you guys don't know what Nathan's talking about, the War, Warhammer community website has been featuring different factions you can play in Age of Sigmar every week, written by a variety of folk. Um, Nathan, how do you feel about the one that was done on the Grotz? Oh, it was a... Uh... 
I mean, we didn't learn anything new, although uh, potentially the Gobbapalooza gained an extra wizard, or maybe they just don't know how many wizards there are in the Gobbapalooza. Who knows? We'll we'll find out. <laughs> Next few weeks, we'll find out. We will. Okay. So, yeah, I mean, they just rehashed old ground, didn't they? They just told us a load of stuff that they had already told us, and then they just covered a few command abilities, which are the ones that we've got anyway, and artifacts and stuff. So, uh, so yeah, zero new information, I'm afraid. I mean, it's supposed to be how will your faction fare in the new, in the new edition. And and how are your faction going to fare in the new edition? Uh, well, apparently the three winners are Loon Boss on Mangla Squigs. Okay. Which is fair enough. Quite a good unit. Got a monster and all of that. The Gobapalooza, which is great. I mean, obviously they're the winners every edition. <laughs> and oh, and fanatics. So with the Gobba, with the Loon Boss, they said yep. oh, it'd be great if you could use the Clammy Cowl and the Fight Another Day ability, which is a combination that we used in this edition, just gone. So. Yep. Basically saying, just do the same as you were doing. You'll be fine with that guy. Uh, with the Gobapalooza, they waffled on about Ender Spells. So they said, you've got three wizards, which at the moment there's only two. So maybe one of the other lads is being upgraded to a wizard, which nice. is great. Then they were like, and that means you could take three Ender Spells for them. Sweet. Yep. And then he said, but you have to stay within 18 inches to control the end of spells. I was like, what the fuck? Everybody else gets 30 inches. Why is guys only 18? They're only little on? lads, though. <laughs> but yeah, they're only little lads. You thought about that? Well, yeah. Fair Can't enough, see but... as far. Their reach isn't as long. Their little legs don't carry them as fast. There's lots of reasons for it, I reckon. Yeah, but it's the spell. It's not the lad. Anyway, mate, I don't know. Anyway, so the Gobapalooza one was really weird because... Nothing added up. So it sounded like they'd been on the mushrooms again. And then the last one was uh, Loon Smasher Fanatics. They just gave us the attack profile, which is the same attack profile that they've always had. So, yeah. <laughs> Fuck knows what that's supposed to mean. It was like these things can still... Oh, apparently you can use the plus one hit thing on them. Well, that's great. You can use it on everybody. Why... Fucking great! Yes, I can use it on them if I want. Yeah, there was a um, there was a positive to come out of that article, there wasn't there. Yeah, because I think I read in there somewhere that they've increased the base size on Mork's magic mushroom <laughs> to, to a sixty-five. Yeah, just for the Gobapalooza to throw it. Yeah, uh, can I thank uh, Henry Steele for donating five hundred bits uh, to the show? I think it's just uh, the rent money he's given me for storing his big boxes uh, that we've got at the venue. So thanks for that, Henry. Encore GM, thanks very much for resubscribing and Jabronis for subscribing for the first time. That's pretty nice. Um, everyone thinks that uh, Games Workshop might be high on the mushrooms. Um, okay, James, James, catch me up. How are you? Are you well? Yeah, yeah, pretty good. Um, pretty good. Um, I don't think I've been up to a lot. I played, um, haven't really played in Warhammer. I've been painting loads of horrors. That's what I've done. That's my oh. hobby. Don't ask me um, about horrors today. Oh, well, it's been busy, but I've painted lots of horrors uh, because basically I realised that my new Stormcast will be here in a couple of weeks. They will? Um, well, if I get a box. But yeah, other than that, they will. 
uh, and then then I'll never paint horrors because I'll be bored of painting horrors. So I thought I'll try and finish as many as possible. Uh, so today on lunch, I managed to wash thirteen blue horrors. Okay, that's pretty good. That's pretty good. Hey, on your lunch bad. break, man. Most people just yeah. chill out. That's really good. Uh, okay. So. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Okay. Let's um. Should we talk about the rules? For well, let's just dive straight in. There's so many things we could talk about. The Dominion box obviously is going to go on pre-order. Um, there was a queuing system just for everyone. Uh, just to be really quick for everyone, uh, Gabe, thank you very much for resubscribing, and thanks to Henry for for um uh, conducting that hype train. The um. Uh, the pre-order uh, box goes on Saturday. There was a queuing system on the Games Workshop web store this weekend, so just be conscious of that. That they might not, um, uh, that you might have to get on the web store earlier than they would normally have it. Um, I'm sure your local Facebook groups or whatever, like in your time zone, will let you know. Um, thank you to Chris and Notis for resubscribing. The um, or subscribing for the first time. Sorry. So, so just be conscious of that if you do want to get a copy of Dominion. Also, don't forget to try and support your local gaming store if you can, because it'll be cheaper. And obviously, it's your local gaming store, and you should try and support them if you get the opportunity to. Uh, so try not to buy from Games Workshop if you can. That's something to be conscious of. Um, and there's also the kind of conversa- conversation about, like, loads of influencers have got them, which is weird. I saw someone today say, why don't they give them out to schools instead? And I was like, that's a great suggestion. Instead of giving them some YouTuber, give them to some school. What's that YouTuber going to tell you? I, I have to say, and I will not name, but I watched two unboxings today, and both of them made me want to blow my head off. So <laughs> I think actually, if they gave them to schools and just film the kids opening the box and like jankily building the models, I'd watch that. Imagine how much more fun it would be to have a bunch of like excited kids be like, "What's this stab grot guy?" Like, yeah, and that yeah. jester or whatever, and her them being like, "Nah, I'm a boy and I'm nine and I don't like girls, so let's stick this wings on this lad." And it's just like some model with giant There's wings. Pot grot with massive wings. Yeah, amazing. That's what I want. That's the content I want. Let's yeah. do that. Uh, uh, but anyway, yeah. So just something to be conscious of for everyone at home. I want everyone to be aware of that. Um, but let's start talking about the rules, shall we? You guys ready? Nathan, James, you hype? Yeah. Okay. Um, uh, right. So uh, we're going to start with uh, army selection and army building. That's where we're going to start. In fact, let's just cut back to me for a sec. I just like to just clarify that if anyone's going to rag these guys through the mill about this not being well put together, it'll be me. But this is put together, in my opinion, excellently. I think it's clear. I think it's concise. I think it has annotations where we need annotations. I think they've clarified wording in so many different ways. Yeah, the Warcom articles are rubbish, Nathan, all that other stuff. But this has been put together really nicely. I don't know if it's watertight. I think there are some very specific questions. But you have to be in a very small percentage of human beings that give a fuck. For instance, James, yeah, how do you feel about rally on your horrors with specific, with like specifically looking at unit size, of course, yeah, with min max and uh, the line that you can never have more than the your starting unit. How do you feel about that? Oh, that's a shame. <laughs> you don't give a fuck, right? Because you're not there. That's not where yeah. you're at. You just want some other boy to work it out, or woman, whoever, to work it out and just say, right, okay, I know how it works. So there is some like minutiae clarity that needs to happen. I did but, say as well last week I was going to let you read it and tell me. So here we are. 
Oh, well, I I'm thought it would be go... two weeks down the road. We're not going to go that deep today because I think actually that that's just a bit boring. Uh, but I do think that there could be some really nice write-ups, articles or videos. I'd like to do some videos on the subjects later. Um, but in my opinion, Nathan, you've uh, taken the opportunity to read it today. Have you got a TLDR, how you feel about the rules generally? Uh, yeah, well, uh, first of all, I'd like to say it's pretty cool that they're giving you the PDF thing for free. Mm. I mean, it takes fucking forever for my computer to load it up and my phone nearly went. I don't know, it nearly fell over because it was trying to download the stuff. I don't know why it's like special pictures or something. Uh, but there you go. Uh, but yeah, that's pretty cool that they gave you those. They look cool. Uh, yeah, I think in general, there's lots of words and they look very nice. There's some pictures which are pretty cool. Uh, yeah, mm-hmm. I'll give it a thumbs up. I think, yeah, I think as a rule set, it looks cool. My only worry would be... Like new people, are they going to be put off that it's 40 pages of rules? Yeah, yes. it's, in- I don't it's know. interesting, right? Yeah. That we've gone from, was it four pages? Four, four pages. to 16 to 48. Mm. But uh, there's for... beauty in clarity. There's beauty in clarity. Yeah, but it's just, you know, if you're approaching it as from scratch uh, and you see that there's a 40 book, the 40 page book that you're looking at, I think there's sometimes a benefit, that though. can put you off. Oh, no. Yeah, that's no, a good point. Yeah. It's a well-made point. Yeah, that's all. The, I think there is the benefit, isn't there, with the Sigma rules? And I know Nathan's hot into 40k, but like, <laughs> if we compare it to the 40k rules, which aren't free still, I don't think. Uh, yeah, they're free. Yeah, they're free. The 40k rules, I think they're free. Okay, okay. I was going to say because it's quite nice, isn't it? Like, you can just go on the website, get the rules, read the rules. It's 48 pages, but it's free. So I guess if you played War Games, you could have a little read and be like, mm. no chance. Uh, it's probably, I think, scarier if you've never played a War Game and you're like, oh, I've got to read 48 pages. Yeah. yeah. But I think but I think it's very clear. Uh, like, especially with, like, it's not just, here's the overly wordy rule I need to write so that someone doesn't take the piss. Here's also a sidebar piece of clarification on the information, which I think is excellent. Yeah, and to be fair, I mean, games like Zombie Side and that have got, I don't know, about 20 pages of rules, I reckon. So, yeah. Yeah, okay. That's fair. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. I mean, there were a lot of FAQs uh, after this, uh, which we should talk about. But anyway, that's kind of my like my take on it. Uh, I, think it's, uh, I think it's a real positive, is what I'm going to say. And I, and I think you guys will be very happy playing this edition i don't know it's a bit like uh the car turns up and it all works you're like okay uh, this all seems to work but um not sure how it's gonna ride do you know what i mean like like all of the elements are there but like the actual will it play well is going to be a, a different conversation but the rules themselves thank you to guys id for donating the gift subscription um uh i think it's i think it's impressive i i really will say that and thanks crazy eight for resubscribing oh anyway uh let's get on with this um uh so we're going to talk about the first bit which is army selection so we're going to go through it all in different kind of like stages just as kind of like an over overview and a review in some of those bits and i've got I've brought up all of the pages games workshop have released the rules for free today which i think is great as a pdf so congratulations to them i think that's really good um and uh, we'll talk about the first bit so your army selection which has changed a lot Co- like war scroll battalions aren't in match play but core battalions are in match play 
and they cost zero points. Now, we've kind of talked about this. I've talked about this on the shows previously, but if you haven't watched the shows before, then we'll talk about them again. So these core battalions, there are six of them. Pretty certain we're going to get more in battle packs. So just to give you some clarity, uh, these are the rules if you're playing kind of like most of the, like you know, if you're playing like 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 narrative Warhammer or whatever, but there's also some additional rules that are going to be stuck on with a GHB. So if you didn't know that, that's you didn't know that was how it's going to work. That's what's going to happen, and that'll be your battle pack. And some of that stuff will override core rules. So we might reference some battle pack stuff today that we won't show today, if that helps. So core battalions cost zero points. They have a requirement, as you guys can see on the screen. It's either like um, uh, it's either a troop, or it's a leader, or it's uh, a war machine, or it's a behemoth, or whatever it might be. Um, and then you get a specific upgrade for those. We won't go through them in like intense detail because we don't really need to. But for your army list, what you'll do is you'll pick your units and then they'll fit into these core battalions if you want to put them into core battalions. They're an elective. You don't have to put them in core battalions. Um, but if you do, and if, for instance, you pick maybe the most popular one, which is Battle Regiment, that means you get to drop your army as a one drop. Or more specifically, different to the old version of Age of Sigmar, you have to drop it as a one drop. Where do you reckon the... Battle Regiment's the most popular? I don't oh, think I so, actually. No. I think the general consensus is that it is, but I've got I've got like a tactical thing on that. But like, yeah, yeah, go on. Why do you, why do you think it's different? I think Warlord is going to be everybody's go-to. Uh, why why so? Because you get the most amount of shit with it. <laughs> you get a uh, command point, and you get an artifact, uh, an enhancement. Mm -hmm. uh, command. Yeah. Command entourage all day long. <laughs> Command entourage? Yeah, because oh, you know yeah. what? I'm leading from the front. All I want is generals. I'm going all in. I don't want any battle line. <laughs> Just want like seven heroes and go. Okay, that's fair. That's Not good fair. ones. Just edit. Uh, so what's that like? what Nathan is referencing there is... Uh, that you get some specific things if you take the Warlord, which is the enhancement, so you guys can see it on the screen right there. Uh, magnificent, you get to pick an extra enhancement. There are core enhancements, which we're going to look at in a minute, uh, from the book. So when you... I'm um, just kind of talking about the army list at the moment. Um, I, yeah, Nathan, I'm with you. I actually think in some cases you might not take any battalions, or you might take Warlord because you can still drop your army piecemeal. But the key bit here is, if you guys didn't know, previously in Age of Sigmar, if you finish deploying before your opponent, you got the choice on who went first, which was a pretty powerful ability, Nathan. It was a pretty powerful tactic, right? Mm. To drop your army. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and that's everybody still in effect. Was, yeah, yeah, everybody was going for like one, two, three, four drops, something like that. And now, and now those are still in effect. So, oh, sorry, that is still in effect. So the lower your drops are, James, yeah, you still get the choice of first or second turn when we deploy on the tabletop, which is pretty key, right? That's pretty huge. Uh, yeah, I, well, it, it gives you a way to play, doesn't it? Like, I know the other week when I played uh, at the T-Sports in the Super Series, is like filler. I brought that Skaven list, and every table I got to, someone was like, how many drops? I was like, 13. And they were like, oh. I was like, I'm playing to not get... <laughs> I'm always playing to give you given a turn. <laughs> Yeah, well, that's why I don't think I don't think you'll see the battle regiment one as much because you do get the one drop, but it also means that you don't get to because you have to deploy all in one go. So that yep. means your opponent, if you just take like I don't know, 
warlord and then also i don't know like a second warlord and you just yeah. try and have as many drops as possible yeah or a vanguard and a warlord you're just putting all those ones down um mainly just so you can make sure you're in the best tactical position i think battle regiment is nice because you can fit as many things in but you might not take it because battle you're... regiment's quite locked too right so that's like hero 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 troop 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 well oh, no, it's only it's only hero two troop are the only like requirements like you have to have oh you yeah can but have sorry a leader two sub commanders five troops max and either a behemoth or a, yeah. a, a bolt thrower so i meant sorry if i was going to do it as a one drop i'm quite limited to what i can take because i'm just taking like a he- a few heroes a bunch of troop and then a monster probably yeah and the only the only way the only way you can get like a lower drop is by taking multiple battle regiments and again, um, you guys are about to quote to me the thing that you're going to see uh, that you're going to roll off um, uh, to go first. That's also in Age of Sigmar 2, but it's actually the GHB that expanded that so that it was the first person to finish deploying went first. So you're in this situation. That's not correct. Like, I'm just reinforming you. It's whoever finishes deploying first is going to get the choice. It's not going to be a roll off because that already exists in Age of Sigmar 2. And that is overridden by the GHB slash the battle pack like we have in AOS 3. So don't get, like, conflicted emotionally, maybe even physically, James. Who knows? Who knows how people are going to feel? <laughs> I did see yeah. that one earlier, and I did think, I thought it was quite interesting to, like, force people to, like, set up, get a roll off. Um, and then I think it was you that was like, oh, this, this was already a rule. See here. And I was like, oh, I don't think I ever read that rule. Because yeah. I think after the cool, like the originally was just like uh, the cool rules haven't mattered for two generals handbooks I reckon at least. Well, yeah, I mean they didn't matter in the first one either because the GHB overrode it. So that's just something to be aware of, right? Um, yeah, it's the battle pack thing, isn't it? So yeah. Uh, so what's uh, what's stopping you having a one drop with a warlord? Are the other battalions just a one drop like the like normal? Uh, it's just it's just it says that there's a, there's a rule for one drops basically and you guys can go look it up i think it's on the page after this uh potentially so uh that means you wouldn't you, have yeah. enough battle line sorry in warlord either would you yeah no. the one drop thing is 26.2.1 on page number <laughs> don't you fucking laugh man <laughs> come on Nate, what page i was just telling you the reference it says on that that thing that you've got in front of you there which is page number I don't know. It doesn't tell you what page it's on. It just tells you C26.2.1. There we go. I could okay. try and scroll through and so find page, it. I think it's on page 12. I think it's, no, sorry, it's on page it's 32. It's on page 32 for everyone, but it might not be uh, on the PDF. <laughs> right, so you're going to build your army. If you're going to play Age of Sigmar 3, you're going to build your army by picking all the models that you like uh, within the requirements of you having zero to six leaders because you're playing 2,000 points. Sure, you can play something else, but I don't give a fuck about that. So you're playing 2,000 points. <laughs> I just don't care, James. Like, so this is like, what if I want to play 1,000 points? Read it yourself. 1,000 points, you're a doubles. That's the only time. <laughs> That's the only time. Uh, anyway, <laughs> uh, you are uh, zero to six leaders. You're zero to three battle line. Zero to three endless spells. That's really important. You can only have three endless spells. And there's another requirement on that, which we'll talk about in a bit. Um, uh, you can only have, you can't have more than four war machines. You can't have four more than more one, more than four monsters, and you can't have more than four reinforcements in your army, right? So that's the kind of important other bit that we're about that we're talking about now. So reinforced units. Oh, I made that 
lazy they messed that up for everyone sorry sorry everyone watching at home and if you're not watching at home and want to follow along <laughs> really messed it up hold on <laughs> you follow along at home this is page 30 so a reinforced unit has twice as many models as its minimum unit size so unit sizes are going away and in age of sigmar it's done in such a lovely way you buy a box of models most of the time there's some situations that aren't this but normally old. pardon me it's the super old ones that are in the wrong amounts now right yeah basically but normally what happens is you buy a box of models like a, so a gorgrunt a unit of gorgrunt is there three yeah and then if you want to reinforce them take them above the sign cap you take six so you just buy the next box which is just a really nice way for it to kind of go uh, basically i really like that and i think that that's really wicked um but you, so that that's a reinforcement though and a 2000 point army can only have four reinforcements in it and then they're really specific number one battle line units can have two reinforcements so it can go above its starting amount like twice but non-battle line units can only do it one time but no matter what you can only have the maximum of four across your whole army that's how it works uh which is uh which is kind of interesting Nate, how do you how do you feel about it <coughs> Yeah, so it's uh, it's pretty restrictive, really, compared to what we've had before. Um, but it it's definitely forcing you towards uh, an an MSU type army build. I think we're going to have a lot more units. Yeah. Um, the the only armies that's not going to affect are things where you've got lots of uh single buff pieces so probably like archeon and war shrines and things that just buff archeon and then you'll have a few chaff units that wander around them um and uh the ogre thing where you've got all the stone horns and thunder tusks and stuff but uh like your your normal army well normal the the army builds that you've seen where you've got you know, three or four, well, you've got a block of 30 dudes sometimes, or 30 ladies, that might now not be possible. They might only be able to go up to 15 with a double reinforcement, and that's only if they're battle line, if they yes. come in five. So, um, yeah, and things like the fire slayer blocks and stuff like that, you're not going to be able to see some of that stuff. So, yeah. Yeah. So uh, uh, It's going to be cool to see armies a lot more sp- broken up into little smaller blobs unless they've yeah. got big monsters then they'll just be the same as they were before <laughs> they will so james just i know there was a question in the chat so just to re reinform you of it if you so if you take a battle line unit and you do upgrade it twice so let's say it's 10 dudes and you take it up to you take it up to 30 dudes so that's two reinforcements that's two of your four for your whole army so you can either upgrade four units one time or two battle line units two times each does that make sense? Yeah, it's depressing though, isn't it? Because now I know I'm going to have to paint two blobs of 60 pink horrors. <laughs> <laughs> well, two blobs of 30, so 60 and all. Yeah. Can so, you imagine oh. that? Can you imagine turning up at a table and someone like, one unit of 30 pink horrors, so another unit of 30 pink horrors, and then there's a lame 10 in the middle. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, so Guy's ID says he's confused. So in the chat, if you've got any questions, think about that. This kind of like, so th- this keys into probably the most important thing to know right now is that that their 100% is going to be a June update. So probably next Saturday, 
and maybe it won't be next Saturday. Maybe it'll be still be it'll be in June. So I really do think it's going to be next Saturday. I think we're going to see um, a points and FAQ update for every single army. We saw this last edition, Nathan, if you remember. Um, yeah. like, so we saw this, and I think we're going to see absolutely everything. I think we're going to see changes to war scrolls. I think we're going to see changes to unit sizes. I think we're going to see changes to points. I think we're going to see sub-faction rules changes. So you're going to see like such a variety of things, yeah, which I think will be very, very different. Uh, Death March, how does summonable units play into this? They just won't count, because this is just on your war army war scroll. So I think probably something you might be thinking about is something like... Sinesh. like if you can summon 30 uh, a block of 30 demonettes like will that affect you that doesn't affect you at all that's super okay they don't have a battlefield role and it, there's nothing to stop you this is just in your army list writing so you can still but they summon... might yeah but like you're saying they're going to be changing uh a load of stuff including factions and allegiance ability so they might alter that in in that update as well yes they, they might say oh you can only have 10 demonettes or 15 demonettes that's the maximum you can summon yeah, yeah exactly so like uh, so we might see all sorts of things we might see like owen in the chat is saying 30 phoenix guard currently a 10 and you can make them a battle line unit in cities of sigmar so maybe you can have 30 but maybe they're going to reduce them down to five and so the maximum you can have is 15 so right now as much as it's really fun to kind of theory craft i think you should really kind of hold off and just learn the core rules really well because it's going to have a massive effect. So if you're really excited, then maybe like be a little bit less excited. And if you're a bit sad, you think, oh, it's going to wreck my armies, maybe your army's going to change around. A good example would be Marauders currently, which are pretty brilliant, uh, are, are a minimum unit of 20 and a maximum unit of 40. Under these new rules, you could have 60 Marauders, which is not good for anyone. They're very good. However, Grotz, they've definitely got um, their Boingrots um, are like you can take, make Boingrots battle line, Nate. So you can still run units of fifteen, right? Uh, no, Boingrots aren't battle line. So you, the Squig Hoppers are battle line. Boingrots aren't. So yeah, so currently, like you couldn't like under the rules, you can't produce a unit of fifteen unless you no. make them battle line, right? Yeah, you could take them in tens, which I think if everything's going MSU anyway, taking units of ten is going to be fine because ten are pretty pretty good. Just, uh... Just Fifteen flex, great. That's oh, yeah. my uh, sixty marauders. <laughs> sixty clan rat builds. What I'm yeah. saying is, James, it might be really helpful if what we end up with is we end up with uh, units that don't have uh, 60, sixty marauders. I think that's well. Good. At at the moment, the marauders and clan rats and grots are sort of the main ones that come in 20s uh obviously yeah. ones to watch out for are pink horrors because they come in effectively they come in 50s don't they yeah <laughs> so the reason one of the reasons that we're assuming that the uh restrictions on pitch battle profiles are going away most in power is because in the dominion box they're not inside them uh so if you've seen the images which we're going to show you in a bit uh for the dominion cards they don't show any minimum and it's, it's like a fairly easy system. You don't have to go reference and ask yourself how many. It's just battle line units or like units that become battle line is twice. The, uh, tw like, you know, that you can add two well, reinforcements. It's, it's really it's easy. On. You don't have to do it. Plus, that means they don't have to do as much work, which is a positive for them. Yeah, it's on that page you've got there. Just higher up. There's a, there it shows you unit size and that's it. That's what it comes on. There you go. So super simple. Um Page 32, 25.0. Uh, 
<laughs> so that's uh, so that's um, uh, the first thing on like army selection. Now, one of the things Nathan talked about, he was very excited about, um, is uh, if you take the core battalion warlord, you get a specific uh, ability called magnificent. And when you pick enhancements for your army, you can pick one extra enhancement. Dun, 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 dun. Uh, and then we're going to go through the enhancements now uh, because that's fun. I love a journey. Uh, Nathan, I don't know if you've got the enhancements because I do like it when you read out the narrative for the enhancements. That's my favourite bit. But it's going to be a long show today, everyone. James, if you're tired, maybe you you uh, get get Meg to make you a coffee or something because we're ready for the long what, haul. What page are we going to? Oh, no problem, sir. I get this for you. So the enhancements are found on page thirty-six. They're the oh, universal enhancements which are available to everyone to upgrade models or characters in their army. Command traits can only be given to your general, and artifacts can only be given to a hero. So, those are things for you to remember. Sorry, it's just downloading. Just just take five minutes, or ten. Do you want me to start? Shall I start? Oh, I've got the bottom half of it. It's nearly there. Here we go. (laughs) In hot... Yeah, <laughs> they're faxing the they're faxing the allegiance abilities to me now. So uh, twenty seven point three. Yeah, this is like uh, it's like reading passages from the Bible now. Chapter <laughs> seven, verse three. Enhancements. Uh, each set of allegiance abilities includes a number of enhancements. Nice. That are given to specific units in an army. Yeah. Enhancements are divided into command traits. Artifacts of power, spell laws, prayer scriptures, mount traits, triumphs, and one or more set of unique enhancements. Unique enhancements. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> From Doc Johnson. Right. Um, <laughs> enhancements are <laughs> enhancements are picked after you have chosen the battalion for your army. C twenty six point zero. You can always take one enhancement for each type for your army. Oh, uh, Bud, I was just going to say, just read out the story for the enhancements. It's, it's, uh, it, where's it, the story? So it's on, it's on 27.5 is what it is. Yeah, oh. but, and the page number is 36. Um, I just thought I'm I'd... on 27 point... 36, are you sure? 20, 30. Oh, there isn't stories. There isn't really stories on 27.51. Well, James, you start us off. So, a universal command traits. Uh, okay, battle lust. So, this is page 38. 36. 38. <laughs> <laughs> this general is always eager for combat. Uh, so, that general can re-roll run, rolls, and charge rolls. Yes, which is rubbish. Skill yeah. leader. The general this... directs their oh. forces with consummate skill. If this general is on the battlefield at the start of your hero phase, roll a dice on a five plus. You see, receive an extra command point. We'll talk more about that in a bit, but that one's fine. So Next the one. high priest is a general. This general is wise and an experienced cleric. You can re-roll your chanting rolls for this general. Heroic stature. This mighty yeah. general towers over those under their command. Add one to their wounds. Character is terrible. Move on. Uh, not bad. No, it's not great. It's not. It's not terrible. There's better right, in there, the, though. 
Master of Magic, once per hero phase, you can reroll one casting roll, spelling roll, or unbinding roll for this general. Pretty nice on a very important support caster. But they're not super strong, which is fine. Universal Artifacts of Power. So those are command traits that you can stick on your general. Yeah. Uh, I the... think Master of Magic's great. With oh, the... tell me why. Tell me why. With... With the thingy, with the chance of a miscast, you can stop yourself miscasting. Yes, we'll talk on we'll talk on miscast later. But yes, a roll of a natural roll of a double one means you can no longer cast any more spells. Yeah, which is good. Um, so yeah, yeah. So okay. if you can re-roll that, then great. Uh, so universal artifacts of power, the amulet of destiny. This amulet subtly, subtly influences the fate of the one who bears it the bearer has a ward of five plus so yeah damage prevention roll a field of pain whatever you want to call it uh you're probably going to hear the word amulet of destiny said a lot to you he's got uh, <laughs> amulet of destiny this fella uh he's a real amulet broke so he brought an amulet of destiny <laughs> trade it in trade it in <laughs> What's better? Uh, an Ethereal Amulet of Destiny. I think this one's pretty good. This is huge, right? You can stick this on a Star Drake. You could put this, like, anything with, like, a big wounds cap, obviously. Yeah. Monsters, think... heroic monsters are going to be massive in Age of Sigmar yeah. 3. So this is probably going to be one of those key things you see taken all the time. You might see people build uh, armies specifically to be able to get this 5 plus ward on stuff, I think. What do you reckon? Uh, Gatebreaker, yeah, yeah. good shout, Shelltog. Sticking this on a Gatebreaker Mega Gargan. Yeah, I bet the amulet is better than the gate of whatever it is that he used to wear. Mm-hmm, he did. The, the, you mean the enchanted, port, the enchanted yeah. portcullis. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Might make myself an actual amulet and just hang it around people's necks. <laughs> like the old model one. Loads of furry hair. Yeah. On the mega gargoyle, which is I don't a big need amulet. any extra hair, but other than that, we're fine. <laughs> uh, sorry, I'll do the next one. The vial of manticore venom. This potent venom can be applied to a weapon's edge, rendering it even deadlier. Uh, pick one of the bearer's melee weapons, add one to the wound rolls for attacks made with this weapon. That's it's not bad. good, depending on who... Frost or Stonehorn won't mind that. But obviously, uh, you, the, we're going to talk about this in a, in a bit, but you, you're capped at plus one and uh, to hit, plus one to wound, and plus one to save. Although you can actually add more pluses for a cumulative effect, you only ever actually can see the benefit of X. We'll talk about that more in a bit. Um, and obviously this doubles up quite nicely with a heroic action. If there's a Frost Lord, not Frost Lord, sorry, a Frost Heart Phoenix who's like minus one to wound, you'd be like, heroic action, baby, my finest hour, yeah. And also the Vile of Manticore Venom, you're going down, Frost Phoenix. As long as you don't roll loads of four at wards, which you have, it's quite difficult to get past. But other than that, not stopping me now. Uh, the Arcane Tome, this page, this page of this ancient grimoire grants the bearer arcane power. The bearer becomes a wizard. Dun, dun, dun. Gatebreaker, who's a wizard. Um, a, um, a corn priest, who's now a wizard. A oh, come on, so wrong. Who is that a gate, wizard? That gatebreaker's never going to be a wizard. He's going to be fucking wearing the amulet of destiny. <laughs> He's not going to be put a little lightning bolt on him. I call him Harry. <laughs> uh, Nathan, thank you very much, Thunderflux, for pointing that out. Nathan, how about. A rune lord who is a wizard. He's got a well, book already. He's holding one. Yeah. Uh, well, so he's a priest. He could be a priest and a wizard. Imagine yeah. that. He's like the Swiss army knife of dudes. <laughs> Clip that. 
Clip that. Imagine that. He's like the Swiss Army knife of dudes. There's someone out there who's literally going, Nathan Prescott told me I could have a Swiss Army knife of dudes and I'm fucking doing it. It's going to be great. Uh, this one's huge, right? Which means you can uh, cast one spell, unbind one spell, and all the other jazz you get to be a wizard. Um, and if they're already a wizard, they get to cast an additional spell. So for dudes who already want to be more magic-y, this is, this is good, right? Yeah, that's pretty good, yeah. Yeah. Uh, the, yeah, actually, uh, but uh, I mean, obviously, the wizards in the Halahot, you could just make a dude a wizard anyway. So you could already do that with the Rune Lord, or I've seen Warden Kings that have been turned into wizards. How did you feel about it? I don't know. I'm quite accepting these days. I've relaxed a little bit, you know, just chilled out. Just waiting for the extra wizard in my. Um, Gobapalooza. I just don't know why it's only 18 inches with their inner spells, though. Maybe they just got it wrong. That's really... It's just picking away at me at the back of my brain there. Why is it only 18 inches? But never mind. We'll get there one day. Are you worried that specifically they're just going to make only the gits? Only the Gobapalooza. Yeah, only 18 inches. <laughs> wow. They, yeah. must, they must watch this show and they must think you're me. And they're like, fuck that guy and his love of mushrooms. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe they were just like, they're all selling out. We're going to have to nerf them before they get yeah, good. And what they don't it. know is they're all at Nathan's house. Nathan wrote that one <laughs> army list that was nine gobbapaloozas. And the games Richard frantically were like, uh-oh, <laughs> let's make it 18 inches only. Uh, anyway, so Arcane Tone, pretty cool. And Scenery Birth, you can re-roll hero yep. recovery rolls for the bearer. Boo. Now, the universal spell law. This is cool for um, people out there. Flaming weapon. One of the caster's weapons is engulfed by arcane fire. Flaming weapon is cast on a four. If successfully cast, you pick one of the caster's melee weapons and add one to the damage characteristic of that weapon until the next hero phase. So it's on the caster, um, which is pretty nice if you gave this to a, for, to a heroic monster so a hero-based monster that's already pretty good with a pretty good weapon, like Marathi, let's say, like plus one damage on that, um, or like, you know, like a good wizard, or if you want it to be really fun, you could take the Arcane Tome, yeah, and then you mm -hmm. could make your Frost Lord on Stonehorn, yeah, be a wizard, and then give himself a flaming weapon and just cause some havoc. That's pretty yeah. good. Yeah, that's pretty good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or yeah. one of the Gobapalooza. They wouldn't. <laughs> you wouldn't have to make it a wizard because it's already a wizard, and just give it a flaming weapon. For yeah, give it, works. give it damage too. <laughs> yeah. What about? Thank you, Dreadwoods. Durthu. So you can have Durthu damage seven. Uh, yeah. Gore dry. Any again, everything that we're seeing really benefits monstrous heroes. Not monsters generally, but monstrous heroes, which I think is uh, so good. Uh, Techlist making Kelenor Selenor Hench is pretty good. Uh, load Steam ca Tank Commander Wizard cast Levitate and is now a Space Free Tank. <laughs> okay. We'll talk about that in a sec. Um, yes, that's pretty nice. Uh, good shout, everyone. Archeon, obviously, having an additional yeah. plus one damage is uh, big stonks. Big yeah. stonks from the spell. It's board. only on one of the melee weapons, though. So he couldn't do it to the mount, can he? Yeah. Yeah, yeah just yeah, yeah. weapons, right. Uh, so your next spell is Levitate. The spellcaster makes themselves an ally or an ally lighter than air. Uh, levitate, the spell, the casting value of 8. 
range of 18, pick a friendly unit wholly within the range, invisible to the caster, and that unit can fly until your next hero phase. I'm gonna say I'm gonna say a couple of words That's together. Good. Sixty flying fucking marauders. James, how do you feel? Great day. <laughs> Just imagine, imagine, because you'd actually get them all in with their like twenty inch charge running across the board. I'd be having a great day. Flying frost lords, thank you. Flying Durthu, great shout. Um, flying salamanders, they can already do that. Ignore that. Eels, they already fly. That's not a problem. Flying mega gargons. They already walk over things anyway. They fly over things, don't they? Long, long shanks. Yeah. <laughs> flying zombies, flying kragnos. All of these work. Um, that works. Uh, yeah, that's fine. I hope. Yeah, flying gyro bombers. <laughs> <laughs> And someone got you to read that out. That's the best bit. <laughs> oh, what about the fox? You can make the fox fly. He already fucking flies, doesn't he, everywhere? <laughs> what flying about those other ones? Those wind charger things. You can make them fly. <laughs> uh, flying wardens is good. Because you could do double move on the wardens. Um, so speedy heesh. And then also make them fly. That's not fun for anyone. Uh, flying gobblepalooza. Also a good yeah. point. Uh, 60 flying grots, Nathan? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That would be 60 good. flying nets that they could drop on you from above? Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, right, so levitate, that's pretty good, but it's a high casting value of 8, so you probably won't see it taken other than by good ones. And then uh, flying gotrek, that's a good example. Uh, you could have a flying gotrek. Ghost Mist is the spell that uh, seem a lot of people seem excited about. It's cast on a 5, and basically what it does is it makes a piece of terrain have the obscuring keyword, or overgrown keyword, I think is what they call it in Age of Sigmar, which is effectively if you draw a line three inches across, uh, thank you to QB Buzz um, for subscribing, and flying Boingrot Bounders. I've read it out because you subscribed, but I know that they fly, so. <laughs> <laughs> um, so basically, you, you pick a piece of terrain, and you turn that terrain into obscuring terrain, so effectively, you can't draw a line of sight across it. If you draw a three-inch line, it's very specific. I think probably there'll be a big conversation in the community about whether or not overgrown is actually really effective, that three-inch line. Nathan, you were talking about it earlier, right? It's not actually that easy to even block line of sight with that rule. Uh, yeah, it's uh, uh, the one I was talking about, cover. But yeah, this three-inch thing, obviously, it's got to be quite a fairly chunky bit of terrain. And they'll be able to try and move. But, yeah. Uh, I guess if it's big enough and you run into the middle of it, then, yeah, you can uh, you can be hidden. So, for, protect for protecting little characters, it's not too bad. But units, I don't think you'll get all that good. So, uh, Obscuring Terrain has had a change just while we're talking about it very quickly for everyone at home. Obscuring, it, previously, if you had the fly keyword, you could ignore it or... If they had the fly keyword, they couldn't hide behind the piece of terrain. That's changed now. It's changed to models with 10 or less wounds. Yeah. Um, uh, or it might be like less than less than 10 wounds, so it's 9 wounds less uh, and less. So you can hide pretty much everything even if it flies. So it's changed around a little bit, and that's a big, big positive. Although mm. I think the drawing the 3-inch line is actually still a negative. So, um, so those are those enhancements. Um, and I think... Oh, is that all? Oh, wait, I missed one more page of enhancements. So here we go. Um, you've got the universal prayer scripture. Nate, if you want to read it for us. 
Okay, uh, so Universal Spare Scripture, scripture uh, chapter 27, verses 5 and 4. Guidance. The gods speak to their faithful, guiding them towards victory. Guidance is a prayer has an answer value of 5. If answered, you receive one command point. That's fine, right? Yeah, I mean, it's on a 5-up, so it's not very reliable, but yeah, it's all right, uh, I guess. Command points are obviously going to be uh, a key. As it looks like you're getting loads of them anyway, so if you need more of them, then that's an option. Eh? It is. Yeah. Um, but I would say it's then, not that important, and I don't think you're probably going to take it. Heal, though. The god listens to the prayers of their followers, healing the wounds yeah. they have suffered. Thanks, Lord Well, for resubscribing. Here's a prayer has an answer value of three, so you roll a d6 for prayer, so just roll one, a three plus, so it's going to happen uh, two-thirds of the time. If answered, pick one friendly model within range and visible to the chant, you can heal up D3 wounds allocated to that model. This is actually pretty massive for priest units um, out there because you've already got heroic actions for a heal and you've also got rally. So actually, I think an additional D3 wounds, especially on high armored units, is going to be really good. You've got stuff that's not... Uh, when we get to Yinstra later, which is a Stormcast character, um, she's already going to be healing a bunch of models, knocking around anyway. And the fact that she can heroically heal herself, plus you can heal another D3 from the Priest, is actually pretty pretty massive. Um, so the heroic heal, like uh, the great gamer Khan says, big shout out to you in the Carnate, uh, that's massive. Like, that's actually, I think that that's bigger than maybe you read it on paper because there are now loads of sources of healing D3 into your army, um, yeah. which, if anything, just makes Alariel worse, which is sad. Do you remember when um, Vaudra used to be able to heal D6 and we all cried about it? I do. I didn't cry about it, I don't think. The I remember, I remember having to sit with you the in the worst. corner of a nightclub <laughs> with your little turtle <laughs> as you cried. And I was like, what's wrong, Rob? And you were like, it's just so many wounds. That's all I remember. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, right, so heal does not allow resurrecting uh, painterness. Um, uh, and then curse. No, but some of the others do. So curse the priest calls upon their gods to render their enemies helpless before the battle zeal of the faithful. So curse is a prayer, answering a value of four and a range of nine. If answered, pick one enemy unit within the range and visible to the chanter until your next hero phase. If the unmodified hit roll for an attack that targets that unit is a six. The unit suffers one mortal wound in addition to normal damage. That's a pretty good one. That's a very good one. A very good one for an opportunity cost to get that off um, is massive, I think. Depending, mm -hmm. I don't think we're going to see units, though. Like when, I think it's probably unlikely we're going to see the units of old where we saw 80, 120 dice kind of like cast like at you. So maybe it's not going to be quite as effective. Um, but also we're probably going to see a lot of high armor save so the ability to do mortal wounds back to those high armor save units i think is going to be uh really nice uh so yeah it's good. well the nice thing is that it's every every one of your units that attack it so and it's shooting as well so you can just surround it with like you've you can only take 20 units of 20 shooters and you know they hit on fives but it doesn't matter because half of those are going to be doing mortal wounds so you, and you've got i don't know five units Fucking a hundred shots by the time you finished, all them big fat stormcaster dead. Yeah, that's true. That's yeah. true. Okay, good shout. 
Okay, good shout. Curse. Arranging nine inches, though, that's going to be tough. Goblin archers, that's right. Um, that's going to be really good. Okay, so that's curse. Oh, oh, just messed it up. Universal triumphs. James, you want to take us through them? Uh, yeah. I'll let you... Uh, so, guidance. The gods... Oh, no, that's oh, the wrong no. one. one Bloodthirsty. <laughs> I was like, we've read this one. Victory has made... Don't you confuse uh, me. I'd, Victory I'd, has made we... this... Sorry, can we just go back to that last one? Yeah, yeah. Um, obviously, it doesn't really buff people that already do sixes on mortals, because you can only do one or the other. Yes, there you go. A big shout out, Nate. So yeah, you don't get to yeah. do additional effects on sixes to hit. There's actually something about this later on. Uh, so you won't get to do both effects. Uh, so if you already do mortals on sixes, this won't add in addition to it. So effectively, you're turning goblin archers into sentinels. Almost identical, I would yeah. say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or flingers. You could put on a flinger. <laughs> <laughs> on an Arachnorok? In the monster meta? Are you mad, Nathan? Some of the most undercosted units available. Goblin mm. archers, Nathan. They've got two shots apiece. Imagine you took a brick of 15 as battle line. Oh, 30 shots. Them anyway. spider riders. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. great. No one, no one, no one tell... Uh... No one tell any of the Daughters of Cain players that they could... Uh... Oh, no, it doesn't work on the Bow Snakes. That's a, that's a huge positive. Yes! <laughs> Fuck those guys. Uh... <laughs> yeah. Just turns everybody else into Bow Snakes. Yeah. Perfect. Uh, Iron Drakes, yeah. let's go. Crossbowmen, can't wait. Dark Shards, great shout. Bathe the yeah. Mm. yeah, really nice. James, take us through the Triumphs. Okay, Universal Triumphs. Bloodthirsty. Victory has made this army eager for the fight. Once per battle, after you make a charge roll for a friendly unit, you can say it's bloodthirsty. If you do so, you can re-roll that charge roll. Okay. <laughs> I mean, that I that disappointment is one. It lets you know that that thing is rubbish. Uh, yeah. Do the next one. Well, it's just got a better name. Inspired. These warriors of this army are filled with such conviction that they cut down their foes without pause or mercy. Uh, once per battle after you pick a friendly unit to shoot or fight, you can say it is inspired. If you do so, add one to wound rolls for attacks made by that unit until the end of that phase. That's pretty good. Yeah, that's true. Uh, that's and true. indomitable. The dauntless warriors that make up this army will stand fast even in the face of overwhelming odds. Uh, so once per battle after you take a battleshock test for a friendly unit, you can say it is indomitable. If you do so, no models from this unit will flee in that Battleshock phase. Mm. So, uh, the thing that the Universal Triumphs mostly affect, as Bathanos is saying in the chat, is the Caradron Overlords. Yeah, they they've got to be upset as fuck. They yeah. have. They use a resource called Aether Gold, and much like all Fayat currency, really not worth as much as they once thought it was. We've had a bit of a... <laughs> <laughs> what they what they didn't realise was those stonks were going down. This is, this, is the, this is an Elon Musk tweet ruining the uh, triumph economy is what we're seeing. Um, and there's going to be a lot of KO captains looking to sell as much Aether Gold as possible. And it's really not going to be that useful, uh, ultimately. Um, so, yeah, that's disappointing for those guys, I think. They're all once per battle as well. Uh, yes, but I maybe maybe because they can keep using triumphs, it overrides that rule. I think that's one of the things we're going to see a lot. One of the things in the core rules, for instance, it says is a wizard can you can only have like pick from one spell lore. But actually, if you look at what happens then when you move into 
an actual battle tome. A battle tome says that each wizard in your army can pick one from a particular spell law. So oftentimes what happens is battle tome stuff overrides core rules. Yeah. Um, and there's loads of examples of that. Like, for instance, in the core rules, you can't run and charge. However, you have a unit that can run and charge or an ability that gives you run and charge. That overrides a core rule. And we tend to see that a lot. That's how the game is kind mm. of built up. Uh, so, yeah. So, uh, <laughs> apparently Super Keen is diamond hands in his way on his KO army. Uh, so that's just this is just the uh, the kind of like core part of building your army. Um, not too far in uh, to this review, so <laughs> buckle up, boys. <laughs> Nathan, you shouldn't be too tired. You've done nothing all day, so you're yeah. fine. <laughs> yeah. Okay. James, if you need to tap out, you let us know. Uh, right, this one's for James. Uh, so that's building your army. You're going to build your army with some core battalions. You may be going to get yourself some of those generic enhancements, unit caps. Uh, can be upgraded. Uh, so you can only have four upgraded units in your army. Um, unit caps are changing around, and we're expecting an FAQ at some point in the future, or it's going to be inside that GHB kind of like uh, book that you can also buy, and it's going to have all those things. Quick one before we go any further. Has anyone heard about being able to buy any of those books digitally? At all? No. But it, uh, I'm I'm hopeful because of this PDF that was free. So I'm hopeful. Nathan, yeah. no, no, we've not heard of it. Okay. Hashtag sad face. Uh, Gold to the Kalinar says provoke tree. <laughs> Which is just a great gag. Uh, <laughs> okay, this one's for you, James. This is objectives. Battles are fought to get uh, battles are fought to gain control of vitally important locations, and they're called objectives, uh, and they're usually indicated with an objective marker. Uh, just a little side note, you can buy them from the Honest Wargamer web store, which I think James will put in the chat. James also will send it to you personally. And he kisses every single marker before it goes out. Uh, that's why my that's lips are always so sore. <laughs> <laughs> but the important point about this is two, kind of two points. Number one, it hasn't changed for contesting objectives. It's still within six inches. However, there are some other important changes that you're going to see in here. Number one, when you deploy for the first time, you automatically count as having held your as holding your objective. That's really important. That's really important because previously, what you would have to do in last edition is I would have to take the first turn, move all my guys away, and leave someone on the objective. Now, at the start of the game, I'm considered to be holding all the objectives that I've deployed on, which is a big change and a positive change in my opinion. So, big thumbs on that. Uh, Lake Kin, thanks very much for subscribing. Came late, but excited to see the VOD later to catch up with what I miss. My gluttons are so sad, but my blood knights are happy, so I don't know how to feel. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. Uh, Nathan, how do you feel about the deploying onto objectives and controlling them initially straight away? Oh, that's great. I I hadn't caught that, so yeah, that, well, that was news to me, and I'm glad with that. Yeah. I'm okay. Happy, good. Happy days. Okay. Uh, the other, the other one is that there's a couple of other things for controlling objectives, and we'll maybe we'll talk about it all at the end. Uh, the other one is, is a unit can no longer, it doesn't matter if it's one model or 20 models, you can no longer use a unit to control more than two objectives. Previously, I could have, like, let's say, a big unit of mortar mm. guard, and I could have them holding one objective and the other objective, because it was models on the objective that counted. Now, models can only count towards one objective, so you can't well, units, them out. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Units, yeah, yeah. units can only yeah. count towards one objective, which is good, and... All monsters count as five models, and any five wound models count as two models each. 
So if I have a monster on objective, that's going to be worth five. If I have a unit of three gore grunters, that's going to be worth six because each five wound model is going to be worth two. So that's going to be worth six. So that's kind of how it works. So a unit of 10 will still outscore them on that six inch objective. So that's kind of all of the core changes to scoring objectives, which are pretty massive. Um, uh, but I like all of them. I think all of them are really positive. How do you feel about them, uh, Nath? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm pretty happy with them. It's good that uh, I think monsters and bigger things um, counters more. Because, yeah, it has been a bit incongruous sometimes when two grots are, like, sticking their fingers up to a great big star drake or Archeon or someone like that and uh, nicking his gold. So it's yeah. great. I mean, I did like that, to be honest, but... Yeah, <laughs> I guess <laughs> I guess it's a bit fair, I will say. Hey, there's a couple yeah. of things to point out. Uh, Prop Joe, five Blight Kings do not count as six because Blight Kings are four wounds apiece, not five, right? Um, yeah. So it's each model has to have a wounds characteristic of five or more. So again, Gore Grunters and Colonel Thunters, who each model is worth five. If you have a unit of three, then that's going to be worth six. What it means, and this is the most important thing, maybe in all of Sigmar, that it's the first rule change that might not benefit Ideneth Deepkin. I'm just saying <laughs> that eels are four wounds. And it's oh, the first time eels. I've read anything that's affected them. So how, m- how many wounds are sharks? Sharks are sharks are more, Nathan, but you can have oh, less okay. sharks, so that's like that's not let's not talk about that. Yeah, we're just talking about the one positive okay. right now. Turtles also, they're good, but as a community, if you this is the first time you've listened in to any agency stuff from the Under War Gamer or agency Must stuff at all, as a community, you know, fuck eels is all is like is generally a consensus. Yeah, hey, James, yeah, yeah. Have you agree? Don't agree? Oh, fuck eels. Um, not in the ass, but other than that, yeah. Okay, <laughs> okay, that's a, that's a specific type of thing. What that needs in the watches. mouth? Then. Okay. <laughs> You told me that was good earlier, Nathan. We, yeah. just lost all, we just lost all those first-time viewers. Okay, we could, we could be less. Pro- I could be less professional now. <laughs> we were doing so well. Sorry, we were doing so good. Uh, don't if eels go at one wound in the next GHB, we riot. That's Can you it. imagine? Can we you fucking... imagine? And they're just like, oh, by the way, they're eels. Seven wounds now. Yeah. Wanted to make sure you knew they were worth two. Ooh. Or just give a monster keyword, and then you'd have a 15 on an objective for a unit of three. <laughs> All right, so that's really important. Also, they 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 did this very honest wargamer style objective ring, James, in the picture, which I know you'll be happy that's about. Nice, yeah, I did. I used that to tweet, oh, uh, and, nice. and I actually I tweeted just before we started, and uh, some people sent me some lovely messages. So if you've brought some, send me some pictures. Send me some lovely messages. Big fan. Love yeah. seeing it. Yeah, yeah. Do if you bought uh, by any any of the honest wargamer objective circles, you should tweet us all the time. We love that shit. Um, so that's the changes to objectives, which kind of just throws it in there. But like that's th- those are some core changes that are really really nice. All of them, in my opinion, are quality of life changes that are good and and and, and great. It just means like like your loom boss and mangler squig nath, your arachnorock flinger, they're going to count as five. So you're going to yeah. be super happy about that. Um, so unfortunately, Gobbleplooser characters are four wounds each. Three wounds Jeez. each. <laughs> Three wounds um, each. <laughs> someone in the chat has just shared with us that means it's Korgarath stonks. 
which unfortunately you can still only get in one box set, I think, so probably yeah. not. And they're unless cool. You, so unless you already own one billion, like every true Age of Sigmar AOS Zero guy does have. Okay, all right. So then we're going to go on now to general rules and some things that have kind of uh, they've changed around uh, here. Uh, so these are general rules before we get into specific phases. First one uh, is table size is I haven't decided to put this up on here, but the the, the suggested table size is forty four by sixty inches. Is anyone bothered? Is everyone happy? I think I'm generally happy about the change. It's just like small. You got a little side bit now for your beer. Any of that jazz, generally fine. If you're in a local gaming store, it's a nightmare, I guess. Who knows? You got to tape off mats and all other things. But real quick one, James, how do you feel? I I I think like as a quality of life, it's nicer. I think I've said a million times. If people go back from the day we started talking about it, I think like my one big hope is that if you have a local gaming store and it's small and they don't want to cut their mats down, people aren't going to care. But on the flip, um, if they do bring those sizes down so that they leave people with like um basically a side bit for their book for their dice for whatever um and don't try and ram more people in because i think like the best part about it is knowing you've got some space that you can put your your jazz that doesn't make a table look gross yes 100%. which sadly i didn't used to care about and then i think you've rubbed off on me so i'll blame you for that one. Oh, nice nice i had one effect in my life Next neighbor, don't, sh- don't you shake your head. <laughs> all right, Goldilocks. Uh, the, the, um... <laughs> do you remember that? Oh, I that do remember great. that. I don't like that at all. Like no, it's... Like yeah, it's happy does. I mean, that Firestorm place had those things anyway. So, um, so when the Ninth Age guys go and play, they can still use the 8x4 and they still have a strip. Yeah. And then when we go, we'll just have a bigger strip. Yes, I mean, it's it's awkward, right? As someone who's well, <laughs> as someone who's watched someone build eight tables at a venue, not who's built eight tables at a venue. Let's be really clear about the wording. Um, a big shout out to Fish forever and ever. Um, it's awkward, right? Like, what are you going to do? Like, do you just completely convert your table forever so that it's going to be forty-four by sixty? Although the Templar points out that actually, if you buy all of the mats, it's forty-four point eight by 60 but it's meant to be 44 they just did some measurements wrong which nathan you'll admit that happens a bunch right that's what packers are for yeah but i mean why can't they just say a number and then just make the thing the number that they say or why can't they sell a model with a base that's what i'm saying that's exactly what i'm saying why if they're gonna sell it and it's 65 mil why do they call it 60 mil what is that all about i don't know what that's all about buddy that's the situation all right okay table size 44 by 60 um some people won't play on 44 by 60 which is fine yeah it doesn't change anything up like have your own conversations about that yeah it's, other... it's minimum size isn't it so you it can is. go bigger you could go 12 foot by 8 foot no one's that, ever that, told you that movement phase. Really base. long sticks. <laughs> that movement phase. <laughs> um, the thing, uh, suggestions are to tape it off, stick a big bit of wood over it that kind of separates it. You can you could print and or order some sort of cloth material to, uh, in that dimension and stick it over the top as a thing. Who knows? Just don't get the boards. This is really important, all of us. Don't reward Games Workshop by getting those Warcry boards. 
they are awful. They will not be fun to play on. They're not going to tessellate and stick to each other. There's no like clip for holding them. There's no way that that is a good purchase for you as a human being. I get a mat. James I don't Wong, understand. Argue with me. Well, no, I'm not. I don't even want to argue. So I love Warcry. We all know I love Warcry. Mm-hmm. Like the best bit about Warcry is that I carry one board. I want to carry four boards. Like. Mm-hmm. I just want to carry one. Like carrying one's easy. Put it in a rucksack. It, it doesn't have to get part, damaged. Part of the game, isn't it? It's like having you get to play a jigsaw puzzle before you play your other game. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Does this bit go with this bit? Like, is this no. the Thames? That's Which got bit is like... the cookery pot. I just, uh, yeah, I just don't, I don't understand the concept. Like, and Games Workshop's huge, right? Like, why didn't they just print mats? Yes. Provoke tree in the chat says, I never thought that in my adulthood I'd have such strong feelings about sheets of cardboard. But yes, like really quickly for everyone at home, was like, what should I get? Just go on to Game Mat EU or who else, who the fuck else sells these things? Like, well, I don't know who else sells them. There's some other people who do it. But just get a mat. That's the one. If you're getting something at home, get it. Yeah, like, you know, get a bit of wood and, like, get a bit of wood. Yeah. Roll a green on top of it. Right, and then just run uh, a Warhammer Fantasy about battle event for like ten years without trying any harder. Do that, whatever you want. You've got so many options available to you if you want. Um, so you could do that. Um, anyway, so that's the board size. Now the next one, and this is huge. This is a general rule, so it's worth talking about. Is uh, the hit, wound, and save modifiers have been capped to plus or minus one. Now this is really important. So this means you can only your unit can only ever be minus one to hit, your unit can only ever be plus one to hit, and your unit can only ever get plus one save. So if you give them Mystic Shield, which is plus one save, you can't then get the benefit of cover. But but you can stack them. So I can have cover and Mystic Shield, which would give me plus two save, right? But again, I can only ever add plus one to the dice roll. But it means if Nathan's attacking my guy who's got the Mystic Shield and cover, so that's that plus two, and he's got only rend of one. That means that rend of one is going to be negated by the additional plus one. So I'll still have plus one save, if that makes sense. It's not plus one and then stop. So you can stack your plus ones so that if someone comes up to you, so let's say you can somehow get plus three to your save and Nathan comes in with rend two, I'll still have plus one to my save, if that makes sense. Right. So that's, is that, is that good with everyone? Is that, that's how it works. How does everyone feel about it? James, how do you feel about it? Yeah, fine. I think, like... I- as long as it's that clear and there isn't going to be some janky thing where someone goes, oh, this guy, he ignores all those rules, then I'm good with it. Yeah. Okay. Nate, how, what are your thoughts and how do you feel? <clears throat> yeah, I'm happy with that. But also bearing in mind, it doesn't work on rend. Rend 2 still is minus 2, isn't it? Yes. So if I attack you and you've got... A four up save with no modifications to your save, then I can knock it down to a six up save with a rend to weapon. Yeah, thank you for the clarity. Yeah, yeah. it yeah. doesn't affect rend. So, like, yeah, if you've got a four up save and, like Nathan says, rend two, it's a six up save. If I have plus two to my save, yeah, then that means that that rend two puts me back because then I would end up on a two plus save. I'd go back to a four plus. Yeah, that's really easy. But if it was rend three, I'd then go to a five plus. So that's mm. how it works. So Nate's 100% right. It doesn't affect Rend. Rend is still like a billion or whatever you want it to be. Like, just go for Rend. You'll probably just aim for doing Mortal Wounds anyway. But 
yeah, Rendy's. So thanks for that. That's perfect. Um, so, uh, uh, yes, Scott B. So you can only be plus one unless someone can negate that plus one, in which case you can add another plus one you have going. There we go. Easy peasy. I think that makes sense. Huge effects, though. Uh, so if you can, for instance, if you have some netters that make you minus one to hit, and you throw some Geminids out there, and if they still make a unit minus one to hit, then that means minus two. Now, that means you the maximum you're going to be affected is minus one, but that means I won't be able to do anything about like a plus one, and there's quite a few opportunities when we talk about all-out attack in a moment. There's that command ability for a generic plus one to hit on units, and I think that that's going to be fairly telling. So it's nice that they've made it so there's still some nice counterplay against some of these generic command abilities that exist out there, because there's also all-out defense, which is plus one to your save, so big positives in my in my opinion i think that i think a the fact that it's capped is really good so nothing can ever get away from you but also it's a nice counterplay against some of the generic abilities so i think for, go on oh well i think just like sat here listening as well like i know one of the big things we've seen is lots of two plus saves coming out isn't it nailed it and yeah. i think like actually it suddenly makes those stronger because it's like cool you can make me like let's say you come up with me with minus two rend so my two up becomes a four up which is what we saw a lot of but then i can counter that and keep my two up without like making it a one up as easily so I, yeah it's good and it also reduces re-rolls stuff like that which is yeah. quite nice it just makes the math to move around it actually make units that already add plus one to their save let's say fulminators add plus one to their save against shooting if that's what happens still in the next edition for them yeah, that means that you can't add an additional plus one unless someone's shooting at them with Ren 2 and then you think, ooh, I might give myself another plus one save. So then they're still on like that, that uh, or Ren... Th uh... Three, three rolling ones, they'd be. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's what they'd be. Um, but anyway, uh, yes, but it does affect some units negatively and affects some units positively. Um, so I'm very, very happy about that. Um, and uh, yeah, you can also rend, like Nathan said, all the way to having no save. Rend is uncapped. You can just do what you like. Is rend all the way to the top. But the most you can have as on the dice roll is having... Uh, oh, no, you can have more, actually. But anyway, so that, I think, is fairly clear. Really easy. If you're not sure, just write it out for yourself on a little bit of paper. But that well, one's nice. Yeah, this is a case where they've got that little thing in the margin, isn't it? So it's next to their point... Uh, 1.5.5 and there in that margin there it says all about the modifiers being cumulative so and it and it says you just add up all of the modif you just apply all the modifiers that apply and then just make sure that it can't go to more than plus one or minus one as appropriate yeah so yeah, yeah. pretty straightforward Right, so then um, there are some attack command abilities which we'll talk about later. Like, I don't really want to, like, specifically all out attack and all out defense, which are in the shooting phase or in the combat phase. Either persons, you can uh, choose to give plus one attack or plus one to hit. Plus one attack, uh, sorry, plus one to hit, sorry, for all out attack, plus one defense, uh, sorry, all out defense is plus one save, all out attack is plus one to hit. We'll talk more about that in a bit, but obviously those are massive and you can use those all the time. Blah, blah, blah. Really good. Okay, modifiers, we've talked about that. Also, another little change which uh, for the wording. Oh, and if you guys want to know exactly where it says it, Nathan has pointed out, um, there's uh, on page number four, um, it, next to 1.5.5 on your kind of nice. rules, it says yeah. in most cases modifiers are cumulative. What's up? Carry on, I'll tell you after. Okay. 
However, some dice rolls, such as hit and wound rolls, will specify the roll cannot be modified by more than plus one or minus one. When this is the case, add up all the modifiers that apply. If the total is more than plus one or minus one, treat it as either being plus one or minus one. So they, they tell you, again, fucking in love with the words. that They've done really well on the wording, I think. Or how about this? It's the best they've ever done. Like, comfortably the best they've ever done for, like, new people. Because, like, a new person's like, what the fuck does that mean? It's like, there it is. Like, and the fact you can just reference it, like, is great. So, big fan. Big fan. Um, yeah, has anyone got any other thoughts on that before we move on? Yeah. All the beautiful dice games Workshop made, and those are the dice they put on their page. <laughs> Carry on. <laughs> <laughs> I literally, you scrolled down there, I was like, I'd moan about that tape measure, but I love that tape measure. And then I looked, and I was just like, for all the dice to show and those are symbols on the one as well they're the worst dice just the worst just the worst anyway carry on (laughs) Um, right okay uh so other little quality of life changes all reserve units have to be in by the fourth battle round big thumb really good really good change happy with that nate uh yeah i don't yeah it didn't really affect my armies but yeah (laughs) that's fine I, don't. I love it when Nathan does a review and he's like, didn't bother me anyway. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> don't, yeah. Don't play that jank if, stuff. If I was playing against somebody and they reserved something until the last round, that's fine. But now they can't. Now they can't. That's also fine. <laughs> Good. It just means that people aren't going to have objectives stolen on turn five, which is big positives. Oh, uh, yes, they are. I'm going to steal them anyway with stuff that's on the board. Nathan, just them six squigs with mesmerized, just running up the field, yeah, yeah, just yeah, being yeah, mesmerized. Yeah. That's the way. That's how we all do it now. Uh, right, okay. Um, uh, modify. This is the other important point. Modifiers are applied after re-rolls. Mm. Um, and that's... Uh, Nathan, do you, do you want to explain that out? Or should we just... This is one of those techie ones where I was like, do people really want to hear us to have that chat? Or it's just like, we'll talk about it on another show and do some pictures. Yeah. Pictures I think this is a complicated one. So some, uh, because previously it was you applied uh, the modifiers the the other way. So wait, it's a, let's read it out. So uh, it's one five five. Is that mm-hmm. the one? Yeah. yeah. Uh, some, sometimes a modifier will apply to a dice roll. Modifiers modifiers applied after rerolls. Rules that refer to an unmodified roll are referring to the dice after the rerolls have been made but before the modifiers are applied if a rule instructs you to pick or change a role do so after the re-rolls are made but before the modifiers are applied yeah uh, so uh it, so basically sometimes so i guess it really was affected by stuff with rend so you would make your saves uh, but you would be, f- and so, uh, I don't know, try and give an example. So, for instance, you've got a four-up save. Somebody hits you with a rend one weapon. So that means you're, but you've got re-roll saves. So you would re-roll your f- uh, fives and sixes, but you wouldn't be able to roll the four-ups even though you had failed those because you re-rolled before the modifiers. Yep. Now, I don't think uh, a lot of people 
played that except for like on some of the top tables they remembered that sort of stuff i always forgot about it to be honest and i think that was the main probably the main area where it really affected was to do with rend and saves i think but there were other 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 cases as well so i guess this way seems a little bit more intuitive maybe yes yes Yes, it really only actually came up. I don't think it even came up at the start of Age of Sigmar 2. It actually came up like a year later. And everyone was like, ah, oh, when the GHB came out and we kind of all reread it in one of those kind I, of deep. Yeah, dives. I think I think it was actually when when it when they started doing it in the space game. Then they it picked did. up on it. And then we were like, oh, yeah, you're right. You bloody guys living in the future. You know all of the math stuff. <laughs> They do. The Space Game yeah. guys, they do know loads of things from the future. Uh, yeah. So that's important. And there's also some uh, There's also some really important points about uh, re-rolls and how they affect units when they get into a fight. But they're very specific. And we'll talk more about those uh, on another show because I think that's a bit too techy and not really worth... Can, can I uh, be a pain in the ass, Please. So let me just... Let's just dumb it down for my head. So basically what we're saying is you hit me and I'm re-rolling failed saves. Well, no, because previous used to be... Uh, yes, okay, let's go for that, yeah. Yeah, yeah. so I'm yeah. re-rolling. So my saves are three, you've got minus one, so my saves now are four. Yeah. And I so roll some threes. Can I re-roll? Re- no, you wouldn't get to re-roll Yes, them. you can. Oh, you can now, but you previously wouldn't. Yeah. Whereas yeah. before you couldn't, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I will say that, like, as someone that openly will say, like, I play Warhammer for a laugh like several times when i made the bad choice of winning uh people threw this rule at me and i was like this is too much math yes fine yeah so, like when you, when... so for me like great way happier yeah so the bacillon no longer has an unrendable save i think stu painted studios but like i have to go through the uh the detailed math on that and i haven't yet consulted the herbal leaves that you need to work out that particular rule Again, FAQs come in, I think, for many things. Mm-hmm. Right, so again, another lovely page that they've done is 1.6 onwards, which is abilities and effects, yeah, uh, and, uh, uh, and what they mean, and then abilities and phases, and when they're used, and what happens. And I think that there's some really nice clarity on stuff here. For instance, on the right-hand side of the page, so this is on page number five, uh, but this is 1.61 onwards in the rules, is effects that allow a unit to fight at the start or end of the combat phase are called strike first effects, and they're called strike last effects, respectively. Special rules apply to when these units see effects take mark, which is why I think we're going to see such big FAQs. We'll see the uh, the Wildfire Taurus from Beast of Chaos, for instance, that's going to just give you a strike last effect, and then you understand how that works, which is nice, because then uh, it also gives you some examples of those things. The other one is simultaneous effects, which is uh, if the effects of two or more abilities would be applied at the same time in a turn, the player whose turn it is taking place applies those effects of those abilities one at a time in the order they desire. Their opponent then does the same. So an example that came out from P earlier in the chat was um, uh, if you're attacking Archeon, who allows you to re-roll sixes, or who makes you re-roll sixes, yeah, as an example. Mm. Um, Now... I'm not sure if it's this or the wither save. One of them it does apply to, one of it doesn't. Again, super techie, so it doesn't matter in most situations. Don't worry about it. But if I have an ability that procs on a six, so I have an effect that happens on the six, and you have an effect that happens on a six, with the simultaneous effect, I get to choose because I'm the attacker, if that makes sense. 
right? So I could say, Archeon, you're taking these mortal wounds on these sixes to hit, and he doesn't get to affect it. Now, it's either that or the Wither Stave effects. I can't remember which one of the two, because it's been a day. We only got these today, so we're going to have to just be really clear on it in the future. But that's one of those things, those simultaneous effects, that's worth having a conversation about. Nathan? Yeah, because now the rerolls happen before the modifiers, and then but those effects only happen on an unmodified six. So there we go. Do you, so do you still get to re-roll those? And I'm not... I'm not clear in my head which way it is. So I would like to see an example or something like that from probably an FAQ from Games Workshop. That's one of the things, yeah, and and we'll try. And it's one of those super wordy things that's going to happen. Thanks in the chat, everyone is talking about, like Tom Dix is saying in the chat, uh, Archeon's ability would still work since it's a reroll. Okay, Uh, so happens before modifiers. There you go. Um, But it's the wither stave of the eye of Sheeran both still work. Okay, fine. Never mind then. But like those are some examples, and that's those simultaneous effects are one of those things where you would have to go through every interaction that happens at the same time and have a conversation about it, and then decide what the situation is. And there's so nice. There's well, like what four, maybe three, <laughs> maybe three. So this is one of the, what's nice about it is that there's actual there's an actual resolution to the fact that there are simultaneous effects, but you just have to work it out. Yeah. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yep. Good. Okay. And maybe the archi- version was wrong. We'll, we'll talk about that later. Um, contradictory effects. When, a two, when the effects two or more abilities are contradictory, the last one that was applied takes precedence. So this is kind of an FAQ from previously. So if you applied an effect more recently than your opponent, then you can get to use that, if that makes sense. Uh, so those are the contradictory effects. Um, uh, and, then, uh, and then the triggered effects role here is another one. Um, mm. and it just it talks about some of those things in here as well. So they've at least tried to put some clarity in it, but I think the triggered effects thing maybe needs something that, to be looked at, um, which I think is important. Uh, uh, but that's one of those. That's one of those. That's one of those super techie. Don't worry about it if you're just playing one game every four weeks. Doesn't matter. It doesn't matter to you. You just just roll some fucking dice and have some fun. You'll be fine. Um, it's only going to matter for judges and top tables where they make decisions because army lists might be built around it. If that if that makes sense. Okay. Well, well on, the me. fact that a triggered effect you can only trigger one effect from yes. a dice roll. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so yeah, you yeah. can't have an exploding six and mortal another ex- yeah and mortal wounds. You've got to choose one or the other. Which is but, a positive, right? But uh, I think it says the the player that made the roll can pick. So. Yeah, yeah, so you can pick your exploding or you can pick your mortal wounds, I guess, but whichever is better. You can't have both. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh right, so some other just core, sort of core effects before we talk about uh before we move on is uh they've clarified flying units and landing on terrain. Um so there's something that previously again none of you might care but you could land halfway up buildings. Um that's bad. So that's been taken out, which is good. Um now you can just land on top of a building and jump to another building. You've got to measure down and uh, there's a description for that, which is uh, big thumbs, big thumbs on that situation. However, the rest of the terrain rules, in my opinion, are probably the big negative in a sea of positive. I'd like you to know it's a small, a small nugget of poop in a sea. And there's a lot of water in a sea, a lot of good. It's just a small, teeny, like walrus poop or something. The walrus is poop? I don't know. Probably. Well, yeah. Oh, I- Unless that's why they're getting so big all the time. But yeah, it's got to come out sometime. 
Yeah, I think so. Um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, like, that's the negative, I would say. The train rules are pretty bland and they suck a little bit. Um, so, uh, like, I think that's something the community could do is develop some better terrain rules. So, hoping that, that we do that. Or I've done that. So, big thumbs. Um, do you so think there I... might be something in the battle pack things in the GHB? So, if it identically follows. No, because in the core rules is where they put the terrain rules for 40k. They did release okay, a terrain cool. book in Age of Sigmar. Uh, sorry, they did release a terrain book in 40k, but it was mainly... It was nothing. It had nothing of use in. Just reprinted the terrain rules, basically, and had a picture. So I very much doubt it will be in there, if that helps. Um, so okay. yeah, I think I think there probably won't be any, and I think it would be good for the community to develop something in, in its stead. Very much like, I think, obscure... Oh, not obscuring. Overgrown, so the line of sight blocking rule, I don't think is good enough like that draw three inches and it's a little bit unintuitive because like you said you could measure to half of a base because you have to be holy and i think that that's not really worth i don't think that's good enough basically oh that yeah that's for the cover one but for the uh, for the line of sight blocking one sometimes i don't know because i've had it um the other way where i've been in base to base contact with something but because but because it was um Line of sight blocking, I couldn't shoot it. Yeah. So, so I'm I the three inch thing. I don't know. I'm not that upset about that, to be honest. I just think that we could do more as a game anyway to make it so that there's more line of sight blocking. Same as impossible yeah, yeah, yeah. terrain. I think that there's just you could just we could just do better. So I think it just just be something to have a discussion about in the future. Obviously. Um, okay, so that is all of the kind of like top line generic stuff. And then we're going to go into command points and abilities, which we're talking about here, which is the first one is um, if you go second, you get two command points. If you go first, you only get one command point. Your general will generate, if he's on the field or she or they, they are on the field, will generate a command point every hero phase. So your general being on the field will generate a command point in your turn, whichever one that is, and your opponent's turn. So actually, um, if you go first, you're going to get three command points. If you go second, you're going to get four command points even if uh, you're not doing either of those. James, how do you feel about that? More command points to spend. I think it's it's a nice way, isn't it? Like, There's loads of armies. Like A couple of the armies I ended up playing, so like my slaves list and stuff, had a real hard time generating command points. So I think like the ability of me being like, right, I really need those. I'll play to go second. If I win the priority, then I can choose second and gain more command points. I think he's super strong. Like I how like, feel... oh, I like the concept. No, no, that was uh yeah, I mean, uh, it they're definitely pushing the command point resource management line of attack, mm-hmm. which which is fine. Yeah, uh, it's just probably. Um, I mean, the last edition brought made command points a thing. Uh, I mean, right at the beginning, it they were really a thing. <laughs> then they then they uh, too much. Then, then they uh, FAQ'd a lot of that stuff. But yeah, it looks like that's going to be your way, uh, a lot of the way that you manage your buffs and stuff. So it's a lot like how the Ossiarch Bone Reapers have been playing up until now with their relentless discipline. They've got points that let them trigger certain things. I don't think these are as flexible as the Ossiarch ones, but yeah, they're good. Well, uh, uh, oh, it's, well an, it's an interesting way of doing it. So, yeah. We'll it's, see how it goes. I mean, it's the that's the mechanic that, of the game. If you go second, you're getting four base 
That's as long as you don't have any other abilities. Uh, so a lot of people talking about OBR. I think OBR are going to get a huge FAQ overhaul. I think every army is going to get a huge FAQ overall. I don't think they're just going to leave them with their dick in the wind on that. So I think they're not fucked. I think you're just going to have to well, wait. And no, I change. think I think they're all right. I, they're very flexible with their. They can issue as many relentless discipline as they want in a turn, and just like pile them on. Whereas uh, command points, you're very restricted. You can only do one of each type, and you a unit can only receive one order. Meanwhile, those bloody more tech guard they've got like five buffs on them when they go into something so i don't think the obr people need to panic definitely not i don't i don't think they need to panic at all if anything i'd be if i was an obr player i personally would be excited about what you're going to see in the future so yeah uh, i wouldn't stress hmm. so that's how you generate command points um so that's really simple the other one is your general be on the battlefield giving you a command point every hero phase which is nice yeah, and all of the unspent command points are lost at the end of the battle round, so you can't stack them. Like, whoever at the Super Series at the weekend had, like, 13 command points or 19 command points one round, which was rough. The other things are, you can only use each command ability once per phase. So each command ability only once per phase. Um, uh, and then you can only... Um, issue one command ability from a hero like each hero can or or whoever can issue the command ability, we'll talk about that in a sec can only issue one command ability and each unit can only be affected by a command ability so there's lots to take in there really so rule of one basically for those command abilities so a unit champ he can cast a command ability on his own unit and then a hero who's nearby can't cast a command ability on them he can cast that hero then can cast a command ability a different one on another unit but then they can't cast a command ability anywhere else if that makes sense which is why a unit only being able to use one command ability has uh really is why they've given you more options to use command abilities for instance a hero um can do it as they could before and then now your unit champs and totems can do it um and of course they've changed the range so a general can do it from 18 inches and then a, a hero within 12. So, like, some pretty pretty neat changes there, which stops command buffing. It's only taken three years uh, <laughs> for that to happen. Uh, so that's nice. Also means not being able to use the same command ability twice. So, for instance, Gorking on Terrorgeist um, uh, wouldn't be able to make uh, themselves and another unit fight. Or even if you just had a Gorking on Terrorgeist and another Gorking on Terrorgeist, and one of them was like, I'm going to fight twice, the other one then wouldn't be able to fight twice. Right, because it's the same command ability, um, so that's that's how that works. Yeah, it's interesting that they put the rangers in there because I I don't remember if there were like generic rangers before. It was for no each ability, wasn't it? Yeah, normally each ability told you what the range was. So will you know will the new abilities on scrolls? Or well, we've got we've seen blurry copies of the scrolls for the uh, Stormcast and the thingy. I don't know if they're um, the Cruel Boys. I don't know if they're uh, ranged. I'm pretty sure there were rangers on their abilities in there. Let's have a look. See if I can find one. Carry on. I'll have a look. What's, the, what's, what's the question you're trying to answer? Why have they put rangers on? What, for command abilities? Yeah. Clarity, right? Uh, for clarity. No, like normally, inspiring each... presence being inspiring presence being eighty, so they don't they don't specify the range of inspiring presence. They specify 
at what range it can be done by the unit. So, for instance, yeah, the unit champion normally uses... it was normally that was where the details of the command ability was. They told True. you what the range was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think, think it I, got I, confusing though because of people being like, "Oh, I'm doing it from here," and you'd be like, "But that's your general, and that's a hero, so that's twelve, and that's eight, or whatever it was." Six. So I think like just flat's easier, right? Well, it's 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 no range, and actually, it's the units uh, range that's able to do it, which I think is the good point. Um, he's asking if those ranges apply to a unit or faction-specific command abilities. Yes, I know what you mean. No, then Nathan, they don't apply to like. So, if you have a command ability on a war scroll that says "wholly within twelve inches," that doesn't yeah. change because your general is able to do it from eighteen inches. It's only things like all-out attack, which or all-out defense, which don't have any ranges specified on them. But that means that your general can do them from 18 inches, and then that your like your hero can do it from 12, your yeah. totem can do it from 18, and your unit champion can do it obviously from it. Yeah, so it's all of these command abilities. Yeah, because a lot of the new heroes haven't got command abilities anyway. Yeah, good point actually raised that maybe we're going to see just less command abilities, or we're going to see generic command abilities put inside sub factions. And that's the way that you're going to see access to command ability. So mm. you've got more opportunity cost to take a hero. Like you don't look at a hero and think, okay, that hero is good, but command ability sucks. So I'm not going to take it. Whereas um, you think, okay, that hero is great because they've got that command ability. That's the command ability I really want. So I take that hero. So there's less diversity in list building because the good command ability is on the good character or on, on a character. So now you can kind of be like, oh, I'm just going to take this guy and cross one here. Yeah. Well, there's, yeah. I mean, there's, they're, like, the War Scrolls just don't have command abilities on them now, do they? Well, yeah. most, most of them have got very few, if any, command abilities yeah, compared 100%. to the old days. Them old days. Them old days, it was just the one fella who was like, he's the, he's the command guy. Uh, he's the one doing it. <laughs> oh, yeah. That, those are the proper old days, yeah. Yeah, uh, wouldn't you just like rely on unit champions? Yeah, unless your unit doesn't have unit champions. I think that's fair. Okay, uh, so that's command abilities. Uh, you're going to have more CP and they're more impactful, I would say, because some of those command abilities are amazing. Plus one save, plus one to hit. The plus one to hit is fucking dumb. So good. Plus one save is also fucking wild when you've got units that are already on a three up save and their unit champs like lol jokes. Two or a up two save. up. Yeah, what are we doing now? So just crazy, crazy, crazy. Um, Okay, so now we're going to go on to hero-based stuff. Yeah, but about. it's going to be more diluted, isn't it? Because, well, uh, depending on how we see list building go, uh, a lot of people are saying it's going to go more MSU. So that yep. just means the effects of command abilities are going to be more diluted because you can only do one per phase. Yes. So you're going to have one plus one, plus one save. But in a in an MSU style meta, that's going to be uh, and unless you have a monster, then it's going to be great on that monster. Yeah, you got it, baby. Especially with plus one save and plus one to wound already from the heroic action, which we're about to talk yeah. about. Yeah. yeah. Or or you can do something like take um, a bunch of like fifty. You can have if you take a, an iron scale Melisif, Daughters of Cain, you can have fifteen bow snakes, giving them plus one to hit in the shooting phase probably not as fun as maybe you could think it uh being like ultimately um and uh they can already shoot in the shooting phase so like uh, in the hero phase so there's loads of stuff there um uh, i still think that there will be some units i mean even six eels with plus one to hit pretty good like 
Let's talk about that. Like, so I think you've got some stuff there. Well, yeah, a plus one to hit benefits everybody, doesn't it? It does. That's trying to hit something. <laughs> yeah. But the, the point is, the point is, is that I think all of the commandability stuff is really clear and really good. Like, I think it's clear, it's good, we understand it, more CP. Um, I think that that's really good. Um, Galgoth is saying they can only have six eels. You can actually have eels as battle lines, so nine eels, uh, just as an FYI. Um, if you take Volty, that's how you would see all the eels, right? They were, they were, they were battle line, but they did stop Volty spamming his commandability, which I think is good. Nathan, you're not going to be able to do um, um, uh, the move the more crushes. What's he called? Um, oh yeah, yeah. The uh, bloody hell! <laughs> I was trying to think of a Gits one, and now I'm thinking Iron Jaws. Um, oh, what the hell is it called? Uh, Iron Fist gives you rampaging destroyers. No, is it mighty, mighty destroyers. destroyers? Yeah, rampaging destroyers is the general one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fuck. Mighty destroyers. <laughs> really bloody hell! That. that was hard. <laughs> I know. <laughs> right. So moving into the hero phase and, and the changes that we're seeing in the hero phase, uh, there are quite a few. Um, the first one is heroic actions. We've talked about this before um, on the show, and you don't really... And, but this happens at the start of the hero phase. So after you've decided who's going first, you've divvied up your command points. This is at the start of the hero phase. You can choose one hero from your army, and you can do a heroic action. They're all pretty great in the right situation. Now, don't forget, both players are going to do this. Both players are going to do a, a hero phase heroic action, which is pretty huge if you keep spamming heroic recovery and just keep healing the gash by D3. Um, this is pretty nice. Um, so that's one. Uh, the one, obviously, their finest hour, plus one to wound rolls and plus one attack. Um, uh, sorry, plus one to save rolls and plus one to wound rolls um, for that turn. That's going to be pretty huge. James, have you, any of these kind of taken your fancy? The heroic I, honestly, literally the first time I've actually sat and proper read them. Like, okay. heroic recovery. I'm just doing that every turn. Well, imagine if you if you wanted to, you could take Gotrek, heroic recover yourself every hero phase, mine and yours, and just keep running forward, just healing yourself up like you wouldn't even believe. Imagine how triggered everyone will be. Pretty pretty good. I mean, it's great on models that are already tough to kill, Frostlord and Stonehorn. They yep. could heroically recover themselves. Big god monsters, Archeon, are just D three. Like might like start on my turn. He's like, I'm just going to heal D three. What's nice. the fluff behind that? What's the fluff behind what the narrative behind hero by healing D three? Yeah, by um, by just using your willpower, but the braver you are, the more likely you are to heal. Yeah. Okay. What's... This is the narrative. So yeah. most of the rules. I, I, okay, it's a great question. It's a great question. I'll, I'll answer it. Most of the rules writers for Age of Sigmar wear a lot of like t-shirts with bands from like the, the noughties on, really, like a lot of Limbiskin and Linkin Park sort of stuff. Yeah, like mm-hmm. yeah, like they were like, and they grew up as kids watching Channel Four and watching wrestling, and they mainly watched Hulk Hogan recover uh, from yeah, the yeah. choke. Yeah, this I is what they were doing. Or the chair. <laughs> Yeah, or the yeah. chair, but they just watched that last moment where it, you know, want, and then the <laughs> arm raised, yeah, the arm raised, and that, that's what it is. They think, they think based on movies from the 80s and 90s and wrestling in the early noughties, that basically any, anyone can heal. They're the opposite of doctors who are like, you need to rest, not do like a swanton bomb from the top rope. Completely different. <laughs> 
Yeah. <laughs> Just... <laughs> that's where I think it's from. Um, oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Got it. Yeah. I understand uh, clearly now. Good. <laughs> now that the rain is gone. <laughs> right, okay. Now that my brain is gone. <laughs> uh, right, okay. And obviously that doesn't affect some units that can't heal like Marathi, of course. Uh, then you've got the heroic willpower and... These are all things that start at the start of the hero phase. You can read them, and we'll do a show later on. James, you're going to be very excited about this because this is this is a couple of things. Number one, this is good for your pink horrors. Number two, this is fairly ambiguous. Yeah, so this is yeah, nice. this this is the one rule I've read. I think. Yeah. <laughs> this drama sucked me right in. Okay, so this is rally. So this is a hero phase command ability you can spend your CP on, which is basically for every slain model inside of a unit, you've got to be within three inches, you can roll a dice. On a six plus, you can get any of those slain models back. And obviously you can do that um, uh, in uh, your hero phase, which is pretty good because obviously if you think about it, if you killed 10 pink horrors out of a unit of, of 20, they'd have already turned into 20 blues. Um, and then you roll those 10 dice yeah, uh, into them, maybe you'll get two or three pink horrors back, uh, which would be pretty nice. We don't know how that's going to affect pink horror units. I actually don't think it's like super strong, other than something which pink horrors are a fringe case. I think ultimately Rally is going to be really good on something like uh, like uh, some Dracoths or um, a I'd shark. My, my actual um, first thought with this was, like obviously I have been piddling about with that little scaven list so it's 40 clan rats a bell 40 clan rats a bell 40 clan rats a bell and like when you're below 10 obviously that bell stops moving so for one command point to be able to push you know three models back to 10 move that bell which is just like a horrific thing to deal with anyway and throw it forward is super strong yeah i think it's going to be really useful like late game with his if it's been a bloody battle and there's just a few models here and there and then in your opponent's turn he's like oh i've got these two dudes left and then you say oh i've only got one dude left out of this unit oh there were 60 dudes in there it's your hero phase i'm just gonna roll these 59 dice yes good point, and, uh, it happens oh, in every hero phase or you can uh, do it in each hero yeah, phase it's the unit champion there and he's just gonna call a few lads back <laughs> 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 so so yeah i think uh i think i think it's going to be situational but i think like yeah. nate says i don't think unless the, like the horror situation isn't resolved yeah and exactly how that works it'd be very strong into horrors um but i kind of expect a horror war scroll change i think to be honest james don't get mad don't get mad it won't change steve the spawn we'll still be able to generate steve the spawn i think the best the best jet just for the record was i played a game the other day yeah and i might got five spawn two on the first turn two on the second turn and then one each turn after i think it was apart from turn five and each turn one spawn held up a bloodthirster every turn nice for people at home james is working on a zinch army that's based around just generating as many spawn as possible um so yeah so uh that command ability is going to happen as well and that happens in each hero phase for clarity uh for people to talk about uh, we're going to now talk about prayers really quick and some of the things that's affected them. You've got some generic prayers like Bless, uh, which gives you a ward save of a 6 plus on a 4 up, so I doubt you'll ever see that because it's pretty rubbish. And you've also got Smite, which is just eyeballing another another uh, uh, priest and just doing them um, uh, a mortal wound or potentially D3 mortal wounds. But again, 
I don't think you're going to see this at all um, taken much. Now, the important point about priests and also wizards is, yes, you can have a maximum of zero to three invocations, which are basically endless uh, spells, but different name, or endless spells, but you can only have one per wizard. So, as an example, James, you couldn't have um, one wizard in your army, but take three endless spells. Yep. You have to have three wizards to be able to have three endless spells in your army. And it's the same with the invocations. You've got to have one priest per invocation that you decide to take, which is, which is kind of important as well. Um, also, your priests can now stop other people's invocations. So previously, invocations were untouchable. But now I'm a priest, I can be like, fuck your prayer. And then you could be like, no. So that's good. That's a positive change. Nate, how do you feel about that? Yeah, it's fine that the priests have a go at each other. That's fine. I mean, there's not a lot of priests in a lot of armies, so I expect in this um, grand mashup that we're about to encounter, we're going to have a load of people suddenly being promoted to priestdom. Agreed. You're, you're, you're a priest, you're a priest, you're a priest, you're a priestess. And you're a priest. As a, a question coming from the chat, uh, really quickly about the restrictions. Nathan, if I had the Gobblepalooza, how many endless spells can I take? Uh, well, uh, at the <laughs> moment, if we go by the rules as they stand today, only two. But according to the article from today, three. But <laughs> you can only send them. You can only control them if they're within eighteen inches. Yes. I don't know why? Everybody else is 30. <laughs> the, the unbind, or no, sorry, the banish range yeah. on an invocation is 48 inches. It is. It is. Isn't that yeah. bigger than the board one way? It is. Yeah. <laughs> but they just, like Super Keen says, just a lot of people want you to be like, Wallalo! <laughs> We should have that on a soundbar. We should have that. Yeah, we'll do that. Wallalo. 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 We'll do that for Wallalo. the coverage when someone abides it. And... Wallalo! <laughs> uh... <laughs> uh, so yeah, you can banish endless prayers, uh, which is great. Big f- thumbs, in my opinion. Big positives. Um, and I think and and priests can also attempt to ban uh, dispel endless spells. So if you don't have any priests, uh, sorry, any wizards. Looking at you, corn James, I know your feelings, but still, you can attempt to stop endless spells, which is great. Like, that's a big positive. Nathan's rune lord, yeah, he can be like, I'm going to try and unbind you, but also I'm going to try and actually unbind, I'm going to try and dispel you, and I'm going to unbind your spell. So big positives. Like, that gives more, more, it's a bit, it makes armies a bit more, like, generic, but I think it's better for the game. Do you not think? Well, as long as they promote a few priests, because not there's not a lot of priests out there at the moment. There's, there's, there's more than you think, I think. I've never no. ever met a priest in real life. Oh, no, I have. I was an altar boy for a while. That was... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's a piece of knowledge I never thought that would be Did real. You not know, I never tell you that. No? I used to, uh, when I used to set up communion as a kid, I used to, like, neck the holy wine or whatever. I was like, it's so tasty, so fruity. Um, and then uh, set it up. It was a good time. It's a good the time. holy yeah, yeah, and then I'd, then, I, then I'd have Sunday school class with Sister Aloysius, and I'd go do karate. Oh, my God. It was so good. It was so good. The uh, good old days, yeah. The good old days. Was, uh, and, then, and then, like, I don't know, a clown invading my local town or whatever the fuck childhood I was apparently living. Um... <laughs> there is 24 priests in Age of Sigmar, 
and then four I'm not counting. How many priests do you really want there to be per army, though? Well, I mean... There's 24. How many are in which faction? I bet Death have got 20 of Bones, them. Bone Splitters have one. Yeah. Uh, Order have tons. There's loads in Daughters of Cain. Uh. Uh, loads in an army that doesn't exist in Devoted to Sigma. Uh, quite a lot in Dwarves, between Fire Slayers and Old Dwarves. Yeah, there's a couple of, yeah. Ideneth have one, Corn have one. Uh, Death only have one. Oh. Just Nagash, who's not one anymore, so they have none. Uh, Death got none. Yeah. Uh, but my favourite bit, oh, Death have four, but we can't count because they're, so they're all priest. Tomb Kings. They're all Tomb King priests. Oh. Yeah. Uh, right, okay. Uh, right, so, <laughs> so pre- the, the good thing is is it's e- it's more even between priests, which is great, uh, and also priests and wizards. Talking about wizards. Uh, yes, here we go. Boom, boom, boom. Uh, <laughs> Let me hear you say, wayo. <laughs> no. Um, uh, your army can include one other spell for each wizard in your army and one invocation for each priest. So that's 1.4.1, just for everyone at home. Uh, but we are going to come back to unit coherency in a bit. Um, so endless spells, this is the big one. Now, an endless spell is a magic entity that's summoned. Uh, basically, a wizard summons an endless spell. And then if it's within 30 inches, they get to control it. That's really important. Anything beyond that it becomes wild and you alternate for who controls that endless spell. 30 inches is obviously massive. So you're going to, um, in your hero phase, you can attempt to summon one endless spell with each friendly pr- wizard as it was before. So you can't try and cast more than one. And then you can control it and you move those endless spells in each hero phase. Unless you're a gobbapalooza, then you're only 18 inches. Again, I don't think the article is accurate, Nate. I get where you're upset about, like, that they just phoned in the article. But I don't think they phoned in the rules. So unless the guy who writes the article, like... I just like, like the idea that someone has FAQ'd the Gobby Palooza to break core rules in a negative <laughs> way because they're so strong. <laughs> yes, maybe. Well, but like, so uh, we've talked about this already, and I think people are already aware of this, but this is something that happens in each hero phase, so something to be aware of. You can do heroic yeah. action in each hero phase, you can do rally in each hero phase, and then uh, you can try and, you have to move endless spells in each hero phase as well which is pretty massive, uh, the predatory ones at least. Um, uh, and then Dispelling Endless Spells is the same as before. You've got to roll above its casting value, and it's at the start of the hero phase. So it's at the start of the hero phase. Each player can attempt to dispel one end spell with each friendly wizard. So a wizard can't try and unbind several endless spells. So if you have Nagash, who's like, I can try and dispel eight things. Like, no, one endless spell for you, and another wizard has to try and unspell, un- unbind another endless spell. If that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Sweet. So basically everyone can do one thing. One thing for you only. Fuck you. Yeah. One thing. I want, it'll be interesting to see if they... Uh, what happens with the ones that can eat the endless spells. If they can just dispel and eat a spell. Uh, yeah. That's a good point. That's a good point. Yeah, I imagine that they could, right? But mm-hmm. the other thing that's in here is you can't recast a spell that's been unbound that turn. And that's massive. That's really important. We're very, very happy about that. JP's asking a really good question in the chat. What is the sequencing to all start of hero phase? Um, uh, I'm sure I've seen you have to do heroic first. I haven't seen anything that's specific about the sequencing of the start of hero phase stuff because unbinding and the heroic stuff 
is at the start of. It's numbered that the heroic stuff is earlier, but there's no actual clarity on that. So that's one of those things where they could do with a little bit more clarity. I don't think it really matters, does it? Uh, which which one of those two things you do first? It might do with like bringing the models back. Um, well, think... you're dispelling, so you're taking the inner spell off. Oh board. yeah, yeah. It doesn't matter, does it? Sorry. Yeah. yeah. And then the other one is you're doing. You're like shaking your body and making yourself feel really strong. Yeah. So. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I, normally it's if there's several effects that happen at the start of a phase, you as the controlling player get to decide how those effects happen. Oh, I, I guess I've thought of a way where it could help. Tell so me. if you, if there's an ender spell that makes you less brave, yeah, then you can dispel it before you try and make yourself Rally. better. Yeah, uh, no heroic recovery or whatever it's heroic called because it, you, you have to roll against your bravery, don't you? You so, do. Yeah, uh, and one of the heroic actions also gives you an unbind those, as Slytherin says. So you could do the heroic action first to give yourself the ability unbind to unbind or a dispel. Yeah. So you could do that, and then so you've got the choices to go between. And currently, you should be able to do it. Um, so there you go. Uh, no, well, if it's an unbind, then you can't because unbind is different to dispel. You can do both. Uh, oh, heroic okay. willpower, that... um, uh, yes, is uh, in the hero phase. You can attempt to unbind one spell in the hero phase of wizard. If it's your hero phase, that hero can attempt to dispel one endless spell oh, okay. in that phase. Yeah. As if it okay, were yeah, yeah. So then, yeah, so. There is some play in that, but it's it's not like, yeah, I think, yeah, I don't think it matters. Well, obviously it matters to you that you get the order right, but uh, yeah, I think it's yeah. just part of, the, yeah, it's part of the game. It's not a bad thing. Good. Okay. Well, so, so yeah, so just to recap, a wizard can only attempt to cast one endless spell, can only attempt to unbind one endless spell. Those are really important things to know. They can only control one endless spell within 30 inches um, at a time. Then they can move that endless spell within 30 inches as long as it stays within 30 inches. If it goes outside of 30 inches, it's going to count as a, as a wild spell and you alternate between who controls it. So that's really point. Um, uh, yeah. <laughs> and those, so those are, the, those are the kind of like uh, headlines of uh, endless spells uh, for everyone. You have to try and unbind them at the, end, the beginning of the turn think i've nailed it uh so pretty mm -hmm. good yeah uh, and there's loads of things like these are just what the stuff is there are so many effects like donald's uh, donaldinho is talking in the chat about uh moving the moon we already talked about this last time right about the malevolent moon forget yeah how good yeah, it yeah, is. yeah 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 i mean yeah as long as the war scroll stays the same that's bloody great that is uh, well, it would be really nice if they made minus two to try and dispel as well. That would be awesome. <laughs> now, the other thing about the other thing about wizards and spellcasting is that miscasts are back. So, a natural roll of a double one means that you suffer d three mortal wounds and you can cast no more spells, which is obviously very good against multiple casters. Croak, for instance, if he rolls a double one, he's going to cast no more spells, which is why you're going to want re rolls on stuff. Um, so that's a huge change. Now it's not going to affect oh, lots. Yeah. It's not going to affect lots of units because there aren't many multicasters, um, and a lot of the multicasters generally have rerolls. 
So um, that's good. So they're less likely to do it. But it's huge. It's huge. Because in some situations, it's going to change the shape of a game. Like old mystical knife. Yeah, like you're just going to roll a double one. You're like, oh, I can't do anything now. Nagash is a good example. King of men. You know, you're going to try and like get all of those uh, spells up that you're going to do. And you're going to be like, yeah, let's go. And then it's going to just fuck you up because you're going to roll a double one on the first cast. James, you got any multicasters in your army? Uh, yeah, my Zinch has the, the big bird himself. Mm-hmm. Um, but he always so... turns he always turns a one into a six, right? No, the highest dice into the low, uh, the lowest dice into the highest dice. Yeah, but what I mean is, sorry, he turns so like it's uh, you're not the result is very unlikely to be a double one unless you roll a double one. Yeah, yeah. Uh no, actually, no, that makes. That's uh, the only way it works. Yeah, you you'll turn the, the one same. into a one. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's the same. It's, it's just okay. the shift for him as it is for you everybody could, else. You could continually burn destiny dice to stop it happening. Because you can put wall on it. Oh no, you'd have to use two. Yeah, you would. It would be yeah. very expensive. Yeah. Um, Good. Yeah, I know. Thanks everyone. Thanks everyone in the chat for that 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 stupid statement I made. Appreciate you all. <laughs> if someone wants to clip that, we'll use that every time Rob tells us he knows the <laughs> Yeah, but it's only it's only a one in thirty six chance. What I mean is, it doesn't affect um, a lot of units. Like, but it it will affect you at some point. And I th- I think like the Nagash one's interesting. I know it's been brought up, but like someone who's what is he seven cast or whatever? Like there's seven in thirty six chances. I know that's the wrong math, but whatever. <laughs> yes, that's what I mean. It's more likely to happen. It has a greater effect on yeah. bigger cast and like uh, and funny ch- uh? and funny. Yeah, and funny. Yeah, if you're like croak baby, let's go. In first cast, they're like double one. They're like shit. <laughs> oh, that's that's um, T- Tom Senbu makes a really good point. Kairos can make an enemy wizard one of their dice rolls into a one nice. if they roll one. So you, you could have an Agash, and he'd be like, "Cool, I'm gonna cash hand of dust on you." Oh, it's a six and a one, but actually, it's now this, and you're like, "Cool, there's a one." And you just turn it into a double one and stop their casting yeah. that turn. Yeah, that's really nice. Yeah, that's mm. a good one. Good shout, chat. Well done. Love that. Um, so, yeah, th- that's the kind of magic stuff all over, which I think is uh, you, really important. Ju- just uh, um, does the modifiers to dice also work in the magic phase? So pluses and minuses to cast. But it's a natural dice. It, the rule yeah. is specific. It's a natural no, dice roll. Of a yeah, oh, for the, yeah, yeah, for the double one, that's fine. No, I'm just thinking, like, can Croak get more than plus one to cast? Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's no, there's no, there's no stopping those modifiers. You can have pluses to cast. Yeah. Oh, okay. So I didn't see that anywhere. So, so the modifiers are only really the one where it's limited to a maximum of one. Is that just for hits? To hit, and... to wound, saves. To save. Those three things. But not for casting. All right. No. Phew. So the yeah. malevolent moon is still okay. The malevolent moon is. Thank you, moon. Yeah. Just summon that moon, baby. Uh, right. Okay. So that's all the hero phase stuff. Yeah. We've we've done heroic actions. We're we're stopping spells. We're casting spells. We're trying not to miscast. We're doing some prayers. We're wallalalooing everywhere. We're super happy. So we're going to go onto the mo- oh, We're trying to rally some troops. Whatever. So then we're going to go into the movement phase uh, here uh, for you guys. Um, and the things there is all it's all fairly the same with some kind of key changes. Number one, you can no longer run uh you can no longer run and retreat so you can't retreat now you just retreat your movement out of combat you used to be able to roll a d6 on top of it you can't do that anymore so you've just got to retreat out your normal movement 
that's important. The other important thing is when if you want to use the uh, all out advance or whatever the fuck it's called, I forget all the time. At the double, run faster. Run faster command ability. It used to be that you could roll a dice and then if you didn't oh. get a six, you could pick a six. Now you have to pick the dice immediately. So if you want to run faster, you've got to commit to that straight away. No chance to to game before you yeah before you roll the dice, you got to say. Yeah. yeah, 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 exactly. So those are kind of the key changes, and obviously the other key change is coherency. Is keeping your units in smaller box. So those are the kind of uh, like you got to keep one model within two in if a unit of sorry six or more has to keep one model within an inch range of two other models. So that's a kind of key point for the movement phase that's changed massively, right? Yeah. Cool, good. How do you feel about the you can't retreat and run? That's pretty huge. That's pretty yeah. huge. I think that's that's a stealth big, big, big change. Because, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You won't but it makes those, like, charge, onto, charge into a model, survive around, retreat off however many inches, like, it makes that a lot less yeah. successful, doesn't it? It's nice. Yeah. As someone whose units were forever running away. Sad times. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it was a tactic, right? Like, run, like yeah, yeah, yeah. get into Definitely. combat and then retreat next time. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, my army was always doing that. So, yeah, just won't be able to go so far now. Yeah. So that, those are kind of the key changes uh, in, in the movement phase uh, specifically. So coherency, got to keep that in check. Make sure your units are coherent. Probably buy yourself some mini mag trays. Pretty much everyone in the world right now. Um, uh, you know, you can't. Um, uh, you, oh, but also, all the moves are an, a normal move is a normal move. So in the movement phase, you do a normal move. In the charge phase, you do a charge move, and in the piling phase, you do a piling move. It's good that they've clarified that those are specific names and words because um, that means that they're going to be able to. Um, uh, you won't be able to do additional effects in those phases because you'll apply a specific debuff or you'll do more wounds or whatever in the movement phase or in the normal move phase which is the word in which is great so very happy with that um <laughs> uh, so this is this is really nice uh, that they've reclarified all the words and i think it's good um uh, and i'm very happy with that the movement phase command abilities are at the double and redeploy with red at the double. Redeploy is a pretty big one. This is, you can use this command ability in the enemy movement phase after the enemy unit finishes a normal move, run or retreat. If that unit receives the command, it must be within nine inches of that enemy unit and more than three inches from all enemy units. So basically, if you're not engaged in combat and if a unit lands within nine inches of you in their movement phase, what you can do is you can use a command ability, you can use a CP and then you can make a D6 inch move with that unit that receives the command and you can't charge you can't use it to charge in so you could use it to move away or if you wanted to you could use it to move closer so there's some there's some really nice counterplay there like you know someone gets within i don't know let's say they get within like six inches and you think right i'm going to just run right up to them because i'm trying to protect the unit behind me so the unit that's trying to charge you isn't trying to fly or they get within nine and you don't want to be charged if you move d6 away maths is um uh, that it's just gonna it's gonna put you in a really solid place. So like you'll be like outside of twelve, so you can't be charged. So it's a really really strong ability, and I think you'll see this used a lot. This redeploy ability, really good. Yeah. Nick, what do you think about it? Yeah, I, I, that sort of makes up for the not being able to run 
when you retreat thing. Mm -hmm. uh, but it just means you're spending the command point. So at least uh, it's more expensive. But it's quite flexible uh, as well. Uh, like you say, for blocking um, and stuff like that. There'll be there'll be some interesting situations, I think. Uh, like moving into cover when after the enemy have moved some archers around and then they've moved up something else. Then you can just move a unit. Uh, they've moved it close enough so that your little goblin shaman can now dodge behind a big stone or something. Yeah, baby. There'll, there'll be loads of cool little things that uh, they'll be like, oh, I didn't need to move within nine so that this guy could then run away from that other unit over there that we're about to shoot him out or something like that. Yeah, it's so, so. good. Yeah, um, and but they have to, be, yeah, if they get within nine, so it means deep striking units, you can't use it against those, but it does mm. mean you can use it, as pointed out in the chat really nicely, you could use it really well against units that get to pile in six inches. So, like, they basically get within, like, they run, they get within six yeah. inches, they're like, oh, I'm going to pile in six inches. You're like, no problem, this is the movement phase, <laughs> I'm going to run away D6, and you're yeah. piling into me, baby. So, like, it's it's going to be used so well, you're going to be in places you're not going to expect. It's going to be really crazy to watch this uh, happen. Um, and I think this is going to be one of those game-changing command abilities that you're going to be... It's going to be equally frustrating, and you're also going to feel like a genius when you use it really well. You're going to yeah. be like, oh, yeah. And you're also going to feel like a moron when you use it in the wrong way as well. Yeah, or when you roll a one. <laughs> yes. <laughs> No! <laughs> and of course you can only use it once per round. You can only use any of these command abilities once per phase. So that's something to be uh, to remember. James, how do you feel about this? Running away? Running towards? Tell me where you're at. Um, I, I think just think it's really nice um, to add like movement to our arsenal. Okay. So I think like as a player like I've been using um, those clam rats a bit and they can retreat and then recharge. And like anything, I think, <clears throat> that gives you that ability to move in any phase where you wouldn't have normally, it's just super strong. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. It's uh, going to be a fun one to use, I think. I think, this one's, I think this one's really fun. I love this. So some other stuff um, uh, in the, the... So that's the movement stuff, really. That's all of the movement stuff, which after movement, you've got shooting. And we've already talked about uh, all-out attack, which is the command ability you can use in the shooting phase. There isn't really anything else to talk about other than changes to lookout, sir. Um, they now affect units with uh, 10 or less wounds, or 9 wounds and less, basically. So that's how you get lookout, sir, which is minus 1 to hit if you're within 3 inches of a unit of 3 or more models. Uh, basically, that's how you get that minus 1 to hit, which is really important. No other real changes um, for it, other than you've obviously got the, the Ooh, shooting... Go on. That redeploy one uh that would be really good if somebody has uh like uh, against them crawlers if they pick out units inside your unit inside your big block take you out of coherency but then they move up somebody within nine you can get back into coherency nice they're gonna really hate that aren't they <laughs> yeah <laughs> <That's>... <laughs> sorry i'm just thinking about things that we said hours ago Carry on. <laughs> <laughs> Team Cash Shooting says only friendly models in the same unit don't block LOS. Uh, so line of sight. So ergo friendly other units do block line of sight. Team Cash, I see what you're saying with that, but like that's reading into the blank, I would guess. But you're right. Let's get some clarity 
worth pointing out. I wouldn't at a tournament judge it as being that, but I think you're a hundred percent right um, in that situation that it needs clarifying. So um, the the other thing to talk about is uh, the charge phase. There's a we'll we'll just uh, let me just get to the charge phase one. We've talked about the plus one to hit. That's a command ability that you can do in the shooting phase. That's really good. Going into the charge phase, you go for uh, your shooting attacks. Uh, not to show you, in fact, sorry. Go to the charge phase, you go to charge. Um, uh, fuck, I've said charge phase three times there. Charge. Get into your charges. Yeah. Thank you. Um, you still have to end up within half an inch. But the important point is you've got two command abilities and the piling um, things have changed. So that's really important. In the charge phase, you've got a command ability, which is re-roll charge rolls. That's forward to victory. Fine. Yep. And then you've got Unleash Hell. Uses command ability after an enemy unit finishes a charge move. The unit that receives this command must be within nine inches of the unit that did the charge move. Right? And yep. more than three inches from all other enemy units. So you can't already be in a fight. And then you get to stand and shoot, but it's minus one to hit. So again, this is going to be really frustrating for people, I think, ultimately. Yep. This, uh, that's the one everybody's a bit worried about. Obviously, it's it seems to be making shooting stuff better. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, yeah. Just... I think there's less of a board, though, isn't there? There's less of a board. So you're shooting units in and less screening that we talked about last week. So I guess hopefully it allows us to get across the board faster to take out shooting. Um... Maybe that's Maybe that's to defend them. Who knows? Well, I mean, so you can't do the run away and then shoot. So yeah. the command ability from the turn before does say that you can't then run away and then try to shoot. So that's nice. That's some nice clarity on that. But you also don't have to shoot if you're the unit that has been charged. They can charge the screen in front of you. You can use yeah. this and you can shoot over the top. So Nathan can have himself a little line of, um, uh, like, I don't know, hammerers. Probably not them. They're quite expensive. But some some uh whoever he wants some dudes in front of him and then his iron drakes can shoot over the top like that's quite nice um as a little ability that just means you probably want to have some throwaway little flying units that you can charge over the top into the shooting unit or to get within three of the shooting unit uh and then they either have to waste their command ability to blow the flying units away or else they're just being stopped from shooting either way you're protecting your main charge so uh i mean it's another thing forcing you towards that msu style thing but then there's going to be some big monsters maybe they don't care if they get shot at but they yeah. should do i would yeah. make a good point imagine sticking uh, i don't imagine there'll be many 30 or 30 horde bricks in the future but imagine throwing uh three gyrocopters in front of them being like i dare you to charge me <laughs> like, like that would be fun. Although they hit on can four, you, so you, can you run three gyrocopters anymore though? Because they're not battle line. No, so two would run, be the max. Two, good shout. There you go. We're all learning together. Boom. Uh, what about the Medusa from the Medusa. Daughters of Oh, Daughters nice of with the eyeball attack. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I don't think. Yeah, I don't think you even roll to hit. It's just a thing, isn't it? Uh, like yeah. on a five up mortal wound thing yeah 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 that's Oof. really nice that's really nice there's gonna be a lot and obviously we talked about this before thank wall with his warp five projectors yeah, yeah, there's, yeah, a, yeah. there's a bunch of different dudes um uh, can you use redeploy to intercept a charging unit and then stop it from contacting your shooters ak craig of course you could 
Like, so you could actually use the command ability from the turn before. That won't allow you to use this command ability because it says specifically you can't. But there's going to be so many interesting tactics that you can do between these two command abilities. And they're going to be really, really important. Um, so, yeah, that's the charge phase. And the fact that you can stand and shoot is going to be really big. Getting into the combat phase, you then start doing monstrous actions. Uh, so yeah. don't worry, everyone. We're not, we're not far off the end. We're not far off the end of this section of the show. James's face. No. <laughs> you can tap out James at the end of this. Feel free. Yeah. So like this is the one. Uh, so at the start of the combat phase, you can do your monstrous actions. So you've got monstrous rampage. So so sorry, it's not at the start of the combat phase. I apologise. It's at the end of the charge phase. Sorry, that's why we're here before we do pilings. Right. So at the end of the charge phase, um, you can do your monstrous actions. So you've got raw, stomp, titanic duel, and smash to rubble. Uh, which are, which you can all learn about as well. So they're kind of fun fun things you can do with those. Um, you can you make a unit not be able to receive commands, uh, but it happens at the end of the charge phase, right? Um, that but that which raw stops you receiving commands in the combat phase. So you wouldn't be able to give yourself all out defense in that, uh, which is quite fun. Um, you can do D three mortal wounds in each monster, my monsters and your monsters, James. So if you charge me with a bunch of halberdiers, be like, I'm going to bring down your monster. And you'd be like, cool, I'll roar at you. And you'd be like, shit, I was going to give myself plus one to hit. Fuck. Fuck. That's and unhelpful. my poor halberdier is crying into his mask. Crying, <laughs> sad about that. So that happens. I mean, that's a new thing that we're all going to learn, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's going to have some, some effect on games. Definitely. The raw one looks pretty good. Uh, the smash to rubble one could be interesting in some situations. How do situations. you feel about that on your loon shrine, Nate? Uh, not very happy about that happening to my loon shrine, to be honest. But does, doesn't that mean they've got to have got a monster within three inches of your loon shrine? That's quite yeah. rare that ever actually happens. Yeah, I think... I think I'm more worried about that fucking fox doing it than... But he's us. not a monster. No, but he just does it anyway. He doesn't need to be a monster. Yeah. Ah, yeah. oh, Dakcom, big love to you in the chat. Thanks for resubscribing. Big love. I think just looking at Raw, like Raw's terrifying. So if if you've got a monster that does a ton of damage, so let's say, uh, what's his face, Kragnos, runs into a big bl- brick of, because we're not gonna have as many, does I don't know twenty five damage, roars at them so they can't be given whatever don't battle shock is anymore, and then they all run away. No, it's a different different phase. Because it's only in the combat phase, so you can still uh, use okay. Inspiring Presence in the Battle Shocker phase. I missed that one, sorry. Battle Shocker! Battle Shocker. Um, so yeah, that's a different phase, James. Uh, right, okay, so that, that happens at the end of the charge phase, so then we're good. Then we're good. We're at the end of the charge phase, we've done our monster attractions. I've done mine, you've done yours, we're both doing them. Loads to take in there, uh, in that particular bit. And then we get into combat, and that's where we do see a change in the piling phase specifically when you pile in you have to obviously maintain your currency that's really important you can't pile in and not maintain your currency which is much harder to do but previously you had to pile in towards the closest enemy model and now you pile into the closest enemy unit yeah which is way better right way better really big positives for this like it's really good it does also mean you have to be conscious of what the closest unit is to your model, to your unit, 
there's sometimes you sometimes you're gonna get caught out by that. You're gonna have a string of dudes in a line, like five knights sidestepping sideways, like they're prancing around, and then you're gonna be like, oh, you're closer to that unit than this unit. Um, but ultimately, the fact that it's unit means you can get your hordes or your big bricks in a little bit easier. Nate, how do you feel about this? Yeah, uh, it's a lot more flexible for yeah little units of dudes, uh, and also with the coherency rules, I think it makes it a bit bit easier. Uh, keeping little blocks of people within t- an inch of two other people and all of that. So uh, definitely, I think uh, if they try to keep the old um, pile in with the new coherency, that would have been a nightmare. So um, yeah, this is much better for the for the way coherency has gone. Yeah, because like Grinaldi in the wargaming dad saying in the chat, almost no one knew how to do this properly anyway. Be they new, be they at the top tables, be they at the UK Masters, you pick a fucking person. Very unlikely that they're able to do this close to well. Including myself, Nathan Prescott. No way James got this even close to right. Not a single fucking chance. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I got it right every time. I reckon you I just was like, grabbed your hand and you just kind of shoved them forward uh, a I bit. was like, I'll use 25s, done. <laughs> Uh, can big blocks then pile into two different units? Yes, Doctor Imp, they can, but only if those only because it's not unit to unit; it's model to unit. It's your unit to the close. It's your model to the closest unit, not your model to the closest unit. That would be far more restrictive. Um, so, like, if you let's say you had a frontage of ten models, let's say whatever the situation, um, so you've got two lines and you were charging like a, a monster and a unit next to it, you could hit both and pile into them, but you can't break coherency. So that's always something to be aware of. Um, really about... good on y- units with six-inch barlins as well. Yeah, really good. Yeah, yeah. Really helpful for them, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They can proper go all over the place now. And then the final one. We've done it, boys. We've made it to the end. I think we've hit all of the points that we needed to bring up. Is the commandability that is inspiring presence that is still here. You can only use it once per phase. That's pretty important, especially if we're going to review the Cruel Boys, who is terrible bravery, and they're all going to run away because they also don't have an armor save. So, sad times for all you Get cool my shields, though. Uh, they've got lovely shields, which are useless. Um, they have made of paper. Um, but yeah, they've got Inspiring Presence, and you can only use it once. Nath, you used to use Inspiring Presence sometimes more than once. You generate a lot of CP with Gits. Yeah. Um, occasionally more than once it's it's actually surprising thinking back on it how many times uh that you we were talking about it in the gets chat actually and there were uh, people did point out you didn't more often than not it's just the one unit occasionally uh you'd be using it more than once but yeah there we go but also bearing in mind that 10 models don't count for extra bravery oh. either yes they don't i was going to bring that up but thank you yes so, they don't. i mean you had to explain yeah. that to new people anyway but now you don't so yeah so that probably compounds on it a bit more and i think in this uh more msu meta that we're supposedly heading towards then uh stuff that does aoe damage and just picks off a few models off of each unit uh, so armies like Gits are not going to like that. Just, uh, uh, just or cities, cruel boys, them lads. Yeah, well, no, I agree with you, Nate. I think actually AOE damage is going to be significant 
uh, the Technado is going to be rough into low bravery armies. And especially if we generally tend to have more MSU, I don't think that's what we're going to end up with. I think we'll just end up with a bunch of god characters beating the toffee out of each other. Yeah. You know? And a bunch of five man squads being like, like being like, how the fuck am I going to kill the god of death? <laughs> like eyeing it up like a giant dinner. Like I can't eat that. That's too much. That's uh, it's an impossible feat. Yeah. Everything, everything I'm hearing just says three bells, 120 clam rats. Great life. screaming bells. Uh, yes, that also works. <laughs> yeah, so that's going to be uh, <laughs> unless it's eels. Eels could probably maybe kill. Him. I mean, now eels is seven wounds too, and count for five models on an objective because they're monsters too. It's great. <laughs> <laughs> maybe. Right. So I know that's been a lot for everyone to take in, of course, and I've tried to present it in a way that you guys will be able to listen to it back time and again and kind of go through it. Actually, one of the things that I'm going to do is I'm going to read out the core rules. It's just an audio kind of thing uh, as a video and also as an audio book over the next couple of days. So you guys can kind of just go through it by rote. Like, okay, it's the hero phase. Okay, it's the command phase. Okay, I know what's, I know what's going. So I think that's something you kind of have to learn and something you will have to learn if you want to speed up your games because there's a lot of fucking bookkeeping to do. Mm. A lot of bookkeeping. But, but for core rules, James, like you've come into this a little bit fresher, maybe uh, let Nathan do it. Oh, if I could get him. Nathan, if you're free, people would love that. Nathan, if you're free, we'll call and we'll try and get you to do it. That'd be great. Um, James, this is someone who's like, someone who maybe doesn't care about the nuance of some of these rules a lot. Like, I know for a fact, if you and me played a game and I said, uh, actually, <laughs> this is how this works, you'd be like, Rob, fuck off. Yeah, it's just fair. How do you feel about the the rules? I th- honestly think that they're exciting. Like, I'm excited to play. I'm looking forward to it. And actually, I think like I know, like I joked about it a bit earlier, but like the reroll ones, some of those ones that now have a bit more explanation to base our ground on, are things that over the years have probably pulled me out because I like to just go and roll dice, and somehow sometimes I end up on table four. Uh, and then it then it's more painful. So just like having like a clear cut rule that I'm like, right, what happens? I think both both for us as a community, for the players that are playing, and also for anyone that's running an event, to wise, like it's just helpful. I would agree with that, uh, Nate. Uh, as someone who's been doing this since the beginning, like me, uh, we've come a long way from them four pages and Mark Wildman screaming at us that just four pages did good. Um, how do you feel? How do you feel about this edition and and these core rules? Uh, I mean, obviously, I've still got a soft spot for the four pages. I enjoyed that time a lot. Me too. Uh, but Me too. Uh, yeah, I, I think um, I think a lot of people will be very happy with this, and the more people that are happy with it, the more people will play the game, and then I'll have more gold to steal off of people. So yeah, I'm happy with that. Good. Well, I'm I'm really happy about that too. Same. I think uh, I think it's excellent. I think um, I think there there could be some clarity at the very cutting, bleeding edge of information that people might need. Uh, but that's very specific, and it's very specific to some people. Um, and so, like, it really isn't huge. Um, yeah. Like, we haven't even really oh. talked about like the effects of what they are. Like, I don't overly yeah. love the endless spells moving all the time. I think that's a bit rubbish. I don't I, think I go on. I I, I like it. Because I think that's the way that my little fellas will have a chance against these god characters. So I'm a bit happier with that. But, uh, oh, shit, what was the thing I was going to say? 
I'll carry on. It'll come back. Well, to the me. other thing I was going to say is I'm not overly certain I'm in love with it being God character versus God character, oh, yeah. or at least monstrous hero versus monstrous hero. I don't think me personally, that's the kind of like visual image, but I also get that they've said that this is only going to exist for a year or this kind of push towards monsters is going to be this battle pack, the Titans of Gur or whatever it's called. So they're like, that's the battle pack for this year. And then next year they might do something to make priests or, I mean, I don't really know how it goes. Surely it's only ever monsters or hordes, really. Uh, so they'll do something in the next like next battle pack to do something like that. It'll be chariots one year. But that that's the other <laughs> thing to point out, though, is that it's um, this isn't everything either, is it? This is no. just the core rules. And then there are going to be a big it, batch of rules in the GHB or whatever where there's the battle packs and a load of the missions, because it's actually the missions are a big part of how you play the game is in the missions. And then another big rules dump is actually in each battle tome, and that's where you get all your faction abilities and all the stuff that relates to your dudes or dudettes or whatever else you've got in your army. So, uh, So this is a nice chunk of rules but there are a lot of other chunks of rules that will be floating around so well like you like we said the the faq update for all of the G, all of the different armies is definitely on the way and i think that's really significant for loads unit sizes um uh, i think we're going to see sub faction rules changes i think it's going to be the, an opportunity for them to clean house points changes for all the armies in the future uh, we will get fo- to finally see if kragnos was pointed for aos 3 or if he wasn't and they somehow think he's even more expensive because of all the upgrades that's the place the only th- way that wouldn't be true is if he got somehow cheaper which would be insane insane to potentially have that happen um so yeah like you're right we still got the ghb we still got those faq updates and we've still got how we play the missions although if you guys have followed the honest wargamer twitter um and do or don't follow it you should go follow it we have put up uh, a score sheet that's free as a pdf for you guys to download at home you so you can download it and print it out or download it and keep it on your phone and you can use like some drawing on the screen technology uh, on your phone and you can keep score for yourself uh, from the new uh, battle pack so that's something we've created for free it's really nice really simple you can print it out um, go and send it to a printer or something that's the honest wargamer twitter so go check that out um, uh, player jific- can we just clip player jification saying if Kragnos is cheaper in GHB 2021 I will eat my Dominion box. Someone clip that. That's what I'm going to say. <laughs> Someone clip that plagiarification because I want to see that video. Uh, okay, right. So, um, part one over for the for the core rules. James, you want to stick with us for the Dominion box review? or? Yeah, part... sure. But I'm going to have to pee. Okay. Part two of seven. Part two of seven. Let me just oh, write also, this down. Hang on. Bear with me. Yep. Hang on. I'd just like everyone to know uh, that Seb... No, don't, don't, don't! You'll get it, you'll... Stop! It's like that time you made our entire channel get demonetized by playing... Um, uh... Nah, it's just, a, it's, just, it's just on the internet! <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty certain that that's uh, copyright claims that this whole video was... Uh... <laughs> well, big shout out. I, I told my son his Mega Boss and was going up in points and he wanted to know... If the people writing the books actually played the game and he is 11, says any Brooks, bless. <laughs> Maybe he's not going up. You never know. Uh, and thanks, Jester HD. Nathan, 
It's pretty good though, right? They've done a good job. Yeah, yeah, I think uh I think a lot of people will be very happy with this. So which is the main the main bonus. If people are happy, then uh hopefully there'll be more people playing playing games. Cuz can just for everyone at home um real quick cuz me and Nate's been doing this a long time. Uh Nate, do you remember when um they did it for uh <laughs> They did it for AOS 2, with the AOS 1 to AOS 2 change. Yeah. Can you, like, can you summarize how you think it went? Oh, that was exciting. Because there, <laughs> there was, like, a, a load... Yeah, well, it was great. Because there was obviously a load of stuff that just wasn't... wasn't feasible. But did they tell us... <laughs> like, it just was like, there's no ways this is the way that they want it to be. Because... So you knew that there was going to be a change. I think we were told there was going to be an FAQ as well. So yeah. we're like, all of this is going to get covered in the FAQ. But then... It uh, was two weeks of madness. Yeah, it like, was just like... Utter fuckery. It, it just was a bit strange that a lot of the stuff was just so obvious. It was just like, why didn't that just happen in the first... Yeah, at the at, with the first attempt at it, why didn't they just catch those things as well? Because it wasn't like they hadn't, they just didn't try and do anything to anybody. It was like they fixed some stuff, and then there was a load of stuff, and you were like, "That there's no ways that has even they've even thought about that." Um, but they thought about it pretty quickly and FAQ'd it. So, yeah, yeah. It was a mess, is all we're going to say. It was a bad time. It was hilarious. That was a great time. It was a great time. It was a great time. Uh, uh, right, okay. So, part two, let me just let me just write this down. 2.38. Uh, so we can, for the YouTube guys, they're always asking for us to timestamp stuff. So, they're having one timestamp at 2.38. So, YouTube guys, uh, big thumbs for you. Uh, Pressy, thanks for subscribing. Uh, big love. Uh, thanks to everyone for subscribing, by the way. And for joining us live, this is awesome. Uh, they right, did okay. Six Nations, didn't they? Using those crazy rules. So, yeah. In AOS one to AOS two, something happened yeah. at Six Nations which <laughs> defined a generation. A guy called Donal <laughs> did two hundred thirty-eight wounds with a grot. It was mental. Darren Watson summoned twelve hundred points a turn. Pete ran this thing called the Nurgle Drone Strike, which to this day is one of the scariest things you can do. <laughs> and they deleted it all, apart from Volturnus. They, the only thing they were like, do you know what? Volturnus, you can keep stacking your commandability, you fishy wanker. Um, hello, YouTube guys. Right, okay. So the Dominion review of the War Scrolls. So if you're going to buy Dominion, which is uh, the box I'm buying set, 18 copies. Uh, James is buying 18 copies. Apparently stores have been told they can have a maximum of 30, so it sounds like there might be a lot of copies out there, which is good. Yeah? Um, uh, so we, we're going to go through... I kind of want to do them like one at a time, like compare them, like the, the, the Stormcast versus the Cruel Boys. I want everyone to know I'm very excited about the Cruel Boys, and they, uh, they don't quite cut the muster compared to Tother Lads is what I'm going to say, but we won't. Well, James, you get a choice. Do you want to start with the Stormcast or the Cruel Boys? Let's let's build my hype. Let's start with them dirty orcs. Oh, fuck. I've 
changed it so it's not them. So hold on one second, I've got to change the logo. Do <laughs> it the other way then. Don't no, make no, me choose too, no, it's too late now. It. No, just get it's too late. Give me a second. I can change this. This is fine. While you're right, waiting. Okay, oh, no, okay. right. Now, I'm excited about this. So I'm going to talk about them a lot. Like they're, they, they might be good, but ultimately, if you just bring me back down to earth and just remind me that they're really not. So, okay. Uh, let's start with some characters. Uh, we, uh, oh, there's so many. Who are we going to start with? Uh, let's start with the killer boss on Great Nash Tooth, if you want. He's got 10 wounds with a 3 up save. Nathan, you've got the story for him, haven't you? Yeah. Do you want to read us uh, the story? <clears throat> sure, once upon a time. Particularly storied killer bosses are able to procure all manner of terrifying swamp-dwelling mounts from the Beast Breakers to show off their status. Great Nashtews are one such monster. Huge and vicious hounds whose swiftness is matched only by their ferocity. Mm -hmm. Mm. Mm -hmm. That's the lads. That's the lads. So he moves 10. Great. He's fast. Doesn't fly. Sad face. 10 wounds. Sad face. Because that means that you can see, he doesn't get lookout, sir. And also you can see him over obscuring slash overgrown terrain, which is sad face, which means he's got a target on his eyes. However, he's got a three up save. Excellent yeah. news. Got fairly low bravery, which is bad for heroic recovery. So mm. that's a bit of a sad face. Um, yeah, seven. So it's a, like an average roll, isn't it? Hey, you got a 50-50. <laughs> five, five years we've been reading out the bravery on a hero, which has been a useless thing. But yeah. now it's yeah, actually important. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But if he stood next to what's-his-face, he'll be bravery eight. Cragnose. Cragnosium. We thought that plus one bravery was useless from Cragnos, yeah. but it turns out vital. Now, this fella... <laughs> This fella, by the way, is 200 points, which is uh, a lot of points for this fella, is all I'm going to say. He's got four attacks in combat, which are threes and threes, rend one and two damage. So that's pretty nice. Don't forget the allegiance yeah. ability for the cruel boys are that any sixes to hit are the are an amount of mortal wounds to the damage that that weapon would be. So any sixes to hit on those four attacks are going to be two mortal wounds and the attack sequence ends. And then his bone-crushing fangs is four attacks, three threes, rend two, damage two. So this guy can potentially do 16 damage, and he hits quite nicely all on threes. So, yeah. thumbs. Yeah. Um, if a friendly cruel boys unit fails a battle shot test within three inches of any friendly units with this ability, which is all part of the plan, uh, only one model from this unit will flee, which is good because all the other units are not brave. Just need to point that out. Well, he's not brave either. So all the units, including this one, are not brave. <laughs> well, if he's not brave, how are his lads supposed to be brave? <laughs> uh, so Donald the chat makes a good point. He said, would you rather have this guy twice or one Frost Lord? One Frost Lord, please. Um, is kind of where I'm at. And then he's this got guy's Savage... got a nicer shield, though. He looks great. Savage Hound is another ability he has. Nate, just read the story out, man. We should have... I missed the other one. Sorry. Go for it. Oh, Savage Hound. Great Nashtooths are often are canine monsters bred for feral savagery. When the stench of blood is in the air, they find the urge to bound forward and pounce, nearly irresistible. This suits their killer boss riders just fine, given the terror it inspires in the foe. So they get plus one to hit for attacks made by this unit if it's made a charge move in the same turn. There you go. 
So hitting on twos, eight attacks hitting on twos, wounded on threes with rend one or two damage doing damage two. So pretty nice. Like, and mm. he's also a generic character, so you can give him a command trait. You could give him that five up. Um, uh, what is it? Amulet, um, amulet of I've seen it everywhere. Whatever yeah, that's yeah. Called. Yeah. Um, yeah. What are those things called? Enhancements. There we go. The generic enhancement. Uh, you could give him a command trait to make him tonkier. So not bad. Five up ward. He could have. Uh, so three up save, five up ward. He could do a heroic action, so he's got plus one to wound. So on a charge, he could be twos and twos, rend one and two. Yeah, with plus one save, so he's got two up armor save. And then he's got a five up ward. You're putting a lot of eggs into a shitty basket, but, like... Yeah. Just, yeah. He'll have a fun yeah. time, won't he? Yeah, he'll have a great time. He'll have a great... Or I could turn him into a wizard. Yeah, and make him cast that fire spell on him. Then he's got his sword is doing damage three. Yes. Yeah, that's pretty good. Uh, and he does have those mortals <laughs> on sixes, of course. Yeah. He's fine. He's not terrible. That's important. No. He's not yeah. terrible. Yeah. No. He's. I'd say he's fine to good. James, where you at? Fine to good? Uh, yeah, he's fine. I like him. I like him. He's probably not great, but I still like him. He's a good lad. Yeah. Oh, keywords for this army. Someone's asked. Destruction, Uruk, Warclans, Uruk, Cruel Boys. No, wait. Sorry. Destruction, Uruk, Warclans, Uruk, one keyword. Cruel Boys, another keyword. Hero, Killer Boss, Killer Boss and Great Nash Tooth. Yeah. Um, Mm. Uh, Onia says he is not a four small player, so he has to be amazing at combat. I wish they'd, they'd have made him amazing at combat. They've made him okay at combat, like yeah. 200 points. Uh, so then there's a killer boss with a stab grot. Yeah. So this is important. Um, uh, and he, the same character of a characteristic of a killer boss with a stab grot armed with a boss hacker and scare shield is a three plus instead of a four plus. So he's bravery seven. Moves five inches, he's got six wounds, and he's got a four-up save. So he's the on-foot killer boss, unlike the mounted killer boss. So unlike the Stormcast, who have a variety of different models, you have two war bosses. I've always thought war bands work really well with two war bosses. Um, in James, uh, you work for the government. Middle management, more middle <laughs> management is better, is that correct? A hundred percent, yeah. Get, yeah. Get as many middle managers as possible. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then all part of the plan he's got that same ability if friendly cruel boys unit um, uh, um, fails a battle shock test within 3 inches um, only one runs away which is really necessary in this army and he can have a 3 up armor save as well like we said um, mm. if he has the the boss hacker and scare shield and the boss hacker is 4 attacks 3 threes, threes rend 1 damage 2 so I don't think you would take anything else uh, yeah I don't then... think you'd be going for the hacker and flail would you no no. Why would you go for them? They're both worse. Because uh, it, what the the flail is way worse uh, than having you a swap. Yeah, you swap the flail for having a shield, basically. So oh, yes. one save or uh, two extra attacks, which are end one doing one damage. Ugh. You'd be going for the shield every time. I mean, yeah. the shield looks cool as well. So yeah, yeah. Shield. All day shield. shield. Cool. You you know I'm getting into cruel boys. I want everyone to know this. So there might be a touch of disappointment in my voice as we talk because I'm very getting into these, and and now I, it's like it's, it's just wait wait for the sub factions. You'll be fine. I will. I will. I just just you know when <laughs> thanks to the first brain squeak for resubscribing. You just know when you like get a new girlfriend. You're like oh, like she's great, but 
Look at her shield. Some yeah. of it is a bit much. <laughs> some of it is. Uh, thanks to she who thirsts who resubscribes as well. Says happy five months um, anniversary. Big love to you. Uh, right. So um, you've also got the uh, the hold them off ability, which is each time a wound or mortal wound is allocated to this unit and is not negated, you can choose to risk this unit stab grot. And if you do on a one to five, the stab grot is killed. But on a six, he is not. He he is he keeps it alive. Um, so yeah so that doesn't do anything really yeah (laughs) just an extra wound maybe maybe (laughs) you try your hardest to roll it (laughs) probably just dialogue okay so that's those two then you've got the swamp caller shaman love this guy Nathan what's the story for the swamp caller shaman please Uh, even for crew boys uh, swamp caller shamans are foul creatures Nice. Uh, these spell flingers have an innate connection to the Myers they inhabit, which they channel into noisome spells of deliberation while brewing up vile elixirs to aid their green skinned kin. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So he's got six wounds with a five up save. Oh, it's a bit rough because he's not very tanky. And five inch move. Uh, and he's bravery six, so he's probably unlikely to heal himself. No, there's no heroic thingamajiggies from the sky, is there? None of those. He's no. got a good. He's got a good staff in combat, though. Two attacks, three threes, rend one d three damage with his bog bark staff. Yep. Love everything about this army, by the way. Swamp bogling, yeah. Bog bark staffs, backup stabbers. Everything. I'm gonna, I'm gonna Nathan Prescott the shit out of this army. I'm like, you've actually only just killed the backup stabber. Uh, so we've got my bog bark staff to go. And they're like, shut up. So good. Um, he's a wizard, and you can attempt to cast one spell in your hero phase, and only unbind one spell. So, tr- carrying on the grand tradition of Uruks that can only cast one spell. Um, they haven't uh, got that big a brain in their head, have they? To remember two. It's quite hard to remember two. Is magic, is magic based on reading? Yeah. That's why that other guy that's the best org priest only dances. <laughs> <laughs> why is the uh, bravery important now? Because there is an ability that you can do in every hero phase where you can roll a dice. And if you roll equal to or below your bravery... Two, two dice. Sorry, two, you roll two dice. Sorry, two dice. And if you roll equal to or below your bravery, you heal D3 wounds. So um, that's pretty rough. Um, yeah. So he's got the poisons and elixirs ability, which we talked about before. Which is basically you can poison a unit's weapons, so their com- their uh, their um, uh, their battle trait, so their allegiance ability to do mortal wounds on sixes to hit can be a five, or you can give them plus one save, so either a poison or elixir. And obviously that's really good, especially as a good force multiplier, if you can make it so that you can have a big brick of something that does mortal wounds on fives. It's a little bit more restrictive than just casting a spell on yourself and shooting 30 inches um, or casting a spell on yourself and having range three weapons and double move. Um, uh, but like, because you have to bring a character along with you to do it. But it's still fairly nice, I'm going to say. Yeah, it's all right. <laughs> yeah, it's very short range, isn't it? The 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 poison buff, that's, that's your problem. Whereas... Whereas the spell is super, super, super range because it's the whole board. Yeah. 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 And also, some Norwegian says, says, we're Lumineth now. No, we're more Pormineth now. Uh, it's not quite 
at that level. We're orcs at the end of the day. Um, so that's that. And then he's got a the summon the boggy mist. Nathan, please read the narrative out for me. Sure, so summon the boggy mist. Raising their hands with guttural with a guttural belch, the swamp crawler transmutes the ground into marshland. As they do, thick and foul-smelling swamp mists smother the field, distracting enemies and aiding the cruel boys in a stealthy advance. Yes. So it's a spell that's cast on a seven. And if it's successfully cast into the next year of phase, add one to charge rolls for crew boys, oryx units on the battlefield, and subtract one from charge rolls for other units on the battlefield. So I think that's a pretty pretty good spell. Great. Great spell. Board wide. Affects everyone. Super good. Like Especially mm. good if you think about what it combos with. You know, with the runaway D6 command yeah. trait. Redeploy yeah. thing, yeah, yeah. Yeah, redeploy. That's super nice. So really, it's D6 plus one that you're adding to it, which is nice because your army does not want to get hit at all. Like, you are a true swamp boggler. Yeah, you're just you're just hiding. Me I like, also... Hope, hope no one fucking hits me, because I am <laughs> not safe. <laughs> we haven't asked the important question, though. What is it? What does a boggy mist feel like? Ooh. <laughs> Tell you what, this, <laughs> this room... I don't know if you've been in the commentary booth, but it's a full I have boggy been mist. In that. I have been in that commentary room. It was boggy every time. <laughs> this, is, this is why I want to be a Cruel Boys player. I live in the boggy mist. <laughs> oh, it's however we feel having been sat down for the three hours of this show. That's the boggy mist. Uh, as well as say, yeah, damp. Um, great. I think he's great. Oh, by the way, points value for this guy. Uh, I didn't talk about the other guys uh, for a moment. So the killer boss um, with Stabgrot's 140 points, which isn't bad for a little character. Um, it doesn't really give you much, so he's Stop fine. Your lads running away. Yeah, but the Swamp Caller Shaman with the pot grot, uh, he's 125 points, which is nice and cheap. So you've got a wizard that's only 125 points. is really nice, especially because the poisons and elixirs. So he's kind of like a war chanter. So big fan of the war chant. Like this, he's got like war chanter vibes, right? He's like, I'm buffing a unit, and I'm also a wizard for 125 points. I think that's... Well, that's not at the same it. time, though. How do you mean? You can do one or the other. You can't do both. I haven't actually read that. That's worse than I thought. <laughs> you sure, you, you, can you? you? Instead of attempting to cast any spells. Oh. <laughs> Fucking... But what? I could be a Lumineth, and I can cast two spells and give myself plus one save. <laughs> That's well, terrible. no, they're very close to the gits, aren't they? It's very similar. I'm used to this sort of stuff. It's fine. This fucking hurts reading. <laughs> I'm committed. I'm committed to this army. The more I read it, it's just like I'm like, oh god. No. 125 wildcast wizards still not awful. No, no, and the spell's great. Mm. I guess. So anyway, well, yeah, I mean, seven as well. It's not like if five points are going up. We'll see. <laughs> Then it's okay. Otherwise, it's not good. Fucking stop! This is like the opposite of when we play, and I'm like Nathan. What's the points on this? And Nathan's always disappointed, and now I'm <laughs> fucking sad. <laughs> okay, all right, okay. Like positivity. Come on, next one, next one. So we've done the swamp caller shaman. Yeah, the killer boss. Um, now we're going to talk about the actual unit. Now we're going to talk about the actual units, right? Oh yeah. Um, what about the other hero? Which hero? The merc knob. Oh, oh yeah. Sorry. Please read the story for the Merc Knob while I get some water and his rules. <laughs> okay. 
Merc knobs are champion warriors amongst the crew boys. And they revel in taking the heads of their adversaries, honestly or otherwise. They alone are granted the honor of carrying the Belcher banners. <laughs> it almost looks like Belcher bananas, but it's not. It's Belcher banners. <laughs> uh, it's a battle. Each foul relic with all manner of strange. Each a foul relic with all manner of strange powers. So he's a uh, six wound dude. With a four-up save, bravery seven. He's so, braver than the wizard. Braver than the wizard, braver as the killer bosses. Uh, movement five, uh, and he's armed with a merc knob cleaver, which is uh, one-inch range, three attacks, three threes minus one, two damage. So that's so not bad for a for a dude with a flag. Uh, and then, so he's got the power of Kragnos. So each Belcher banner is said to be linked to the mighty Kragnos. Oh, interesting. That's what that long tongue is for. Certainly the terrible roars that emanate from these icons are capable of chasing away even the powers of the arcane. So when a friendly cool boy's auric unit wholly within 12 of this unit is affected by a spell or the abilities of an endless spell, you can roll a dice and on a five up, ignore the effects of that spell or the effects of the end, the spell's abilities on that unit. So he's got, so he grants a five up spell ignore to units wholly within 12. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, yeah, and it is optional. So you can still buff your dudes if you fancy it. It's, it's so, quite short range though, isn't it? The wholly within 12. Uh, yeah, I mean... Yeah, yeah, it does. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, that it's about standard for most destruction stuff. So yeah, fair enough. And then uh, the breadth of the Maya Drake Belcher banners are typically built about the severed tongue of the Maya Drake creatures, so vile that are, even after death, their remains belch forth clouds of soul shriveling gas. So at the start of the combat phase, roll a dice for each enemy unit within three inches. Now that's the short range uh, of this unit. On a one, nothing happens. On a two to five, they take a mortal wound. And on a six, they take D3 mortal wounds. He should not be within three inches of your enemies. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. This is this is like when the like you know in the movies where the guy's surrounded by the zombies and, he's, and then he's like I've got the grenade belt to take them with me and you're like really you shouldn't have prepped for the grenade belt situation you should have used the grenades earlier to clear the zombies away yeah. so they never got close enough yeah so there's some big bin vibes going here but Nathan I haven't been excited about destruction battle term in a while so. Is this the bin vibes that I like that I kind of describe battle terms with, or is this just destruction vibes, like something that's basically useless but it's there? Uh, I yeah, I mean it's it's not basically useless. It's it's very similar to the to the spell, the famous spell on the fungoid cave shaman. So I think uh, it, you could play, you could use it, but I, I mean that um, breadth of the Maya Drakes is not. Uh, you shouldn't. Yeah, I don't know. I think really, uh, like looking at him, you kind of okay. want him with a if, unit. If, don't you? if 
Yeah, if we end up in MSU, then but fair he enough. But if he he's... shouldn't be at the front. No, he should be hiding. But if he stood behind a line of dudes and people charge in, it's at the start of the combat phase. So with the new rules, he can do that even before people strike first. He can chip off a few wounds. But yeah, it's, oh, yeah. Uh, you don't want to... The breath of the Maya Drake thing isn't something you're playing for. So it's just whether you think that five-up spell ignore is that useful. We um we want his points, Rob. Yeah, oh, no problem. What do you think his points are? Who knows what the new, uh, new points? Yeah, need. I would say he's one hundred and twenty, but I think he should be ninety in current points. Uh, I mean, yeah, current points eighty or ninety, yeah, but. Uh, so in new points, he's... whatever they're going to be, he's one hundred and fifteen points. Okay, I was close on that. Okay, regretting my uh, Dominion order more and more. Um, uh, the, his uh, keywords are destruction, Uruk warclans, Uruk, cruel boys, hero. He's a totem, so mm. he can oh. from eighteen inches. Merc knob, Merc knob with Belcher banner, and bin. Wow, didn't know that they would put that on there. So okay, so James, <laughs> you're right. If he's charging Belcher at a banana. unit, like yep. if so, like so, you're going to need someone to defend this guy. Let's go for it. We're going to defend him with our uh, gut rippers, who by the way cool. look so fucking good. So good. I just want like hordes of gut rippers. Right just like, I love you. Yeah, I got it. I got it. Um, mm-hmm. So they got two wounds each. Okay, Amazing. Yeah. Five up save. A little bit disappointing because they got yep. quite a lot of armor on. Just trying yeah. to point that out there. They got a quite big thin, shield. Though. Haven't eaten enough. They, they're thin-ish. And I get that they're swamp bogglers, so they're like misty and stuff. But like they've got even got like a helmet. I think that's a lot of armor generally. It's a lot of armor for a five up save. For a five up. A Marauder's a five up. Yeah, they're naked. Got muscle uh, to cut through though. Yeah, okay, right. So they they move five inches, which isn't super swift. Um but that's fine. They move five in they're, and they're bravery five, which is, if I'm honest, not the best. Like it's not it's better than Squigs. Yeah, yeah, it's not the worst. Nailed it. <laughs> Nailed it. Uh right, okay. So they've got two attacks each, and they come as a unit of ten, and they hit on fours, and don't forget any sixes are a mortal wound for one damage. It's pretty nice. Mm. Yeah? yeah? And they wound on fours. Uh, so they're a lot like sentinels, not sentinels, sorry, they're a lot like wardens and mortec guard, but not quite the same. And they've got no rend, so fours on fours, no rend, damage one. So they're kind of like the baseline of Age of Sigma, right? They've got two-inch reach, which is wicked, yep. so that when you've got your unit of ten, you can fight in two ranks, so you're happy about that, right? Yeah. Stab over the top, like, fuck you, yeah? Rip your guts out. Uh, probably not with this attack profile, but maybe. And then uh, you've got an extra one for the, the boss, he gets an extra attack. So from a unit of ten, you're going to get 21 attacks, fours and fours, no rend, one damage. And they've got scare tactics, Right, gut rippers use all manner and means to unnerve and soften up their foes before the first blow is struck. From gruesome scare shields to the ululating battle cries, the echo from the boggy mists. Love the boggy mists where I grew up. At the start of the charge phase, so at the start of the charge phase, if this unit is more than three inches from all enemy units, you can pick an enemy unit within twelve inches of this unit that is not a hero or monster. It's a bit disappointing because there's probably going to be a lot of those. And roll 2d6. Add one to the roll for every five models in this unit. So plus two for a unit of ten. 
if the role is equal to or greater than the bravery characteristic of that enemy unit, subtract one from the hit rolls for attacks made by the enemy unit that target this unit until the end of that phase. So, like Shadow Stalkers, you're minus one to hit if you get close enough, if you roll a dice above their bravery for that one phase only, basically. So, very, very close. Also, that um, would be a way better rule if it was like above the bravery of the Gut Rippers, because their bravery is not good. <laughs> bravery is not the worst. We're doing positive now, James. Okay, it's, it's not, not the worst. The worst. Yeah. You could have, and Prop Joe's made a really good point, you could have an amazing game with a bunch of Gut Rippers and some Spider Riders. Like You'd be like, fucking let's go. Um, <laughs> so, uh, yeah. How do you, Nate? How do you feel about these fellas? These Uruks? They're not quite hard boys, are they? No, they're not. They're um they're pretty uh pretty basic. I think uh um I think uh, there's some grots that can probably do more damage and have got better output and actually don't have to roll dice to uh make anybody minuses. No, I'm just talking about dude with a net. <laughs> <laughs> How many? How many points for ten? Okay, guess. Unless you've already read it, Potgrot no, and they've got James. two wounds each, don't they? Two wounds uh, each, so it's twenty wounds with a five-up save on bravery five, and then it's twenty-one attacks, fours and fours, no rend damage one, with the chance of minus one to hit. One hundred and fifty-five. Okay. One hundred and twenty. Oh, okay. So I don't wanna, I don't want to bust your bubble. But there are 180 points. What? I've got the points here somewhere. Yeah, yeah. There are 180 points. I guess. Sorry. I guess this part of my head's kind of like it's 20 well, wounds. All the points are it's 20 wounds. It's 20 wounds. Mm. Yeah. So points must be going up quite a bit then for everybody else. No, because you know how I say sometimes you can kind of tell who's written something. You know this ability, the scare tactics ability. Yeah, this is this is big bin guy vibe writing. <laughs> He's the only guy who's like, I'm gonna make them roll against their bravery. Like no one, else. the other guy's like, the minus one to hit, mate. Like them, they're minus one to hit. This guy's yeah. like, oh, f- I'm gonna fuck around with a bravery roll. It's gonna be so exciting. Um, but yeah, okay. So and then yeah, you do average. You, you're right, everyone. You do average three mortal wounds from this unit in combat if they're all able to attack. So. Uh, Anyway, 108 points. Like, like, so if you took a, I was trying to like math it in my head, right? So if I took 360 points worth, because they're a battle line unit, right? So I can have like 20 or 30. So 360 points is a lot of points. Just FYI, a lot of points. But it does get me 40 wounds with a five up save, and I can use the command ability on them for all out defense. So they can always be like a four up. So that's not terrible. Um, and then if I changed it so the mortal wounds are on fives, I'd be doing like, but it'd be a pretty big bait, like pretty big frontage. They're thirty-two mil, like I don't know. I don't really see it, and they're a bit too expensive to screen with, and they're not brave. I don't know if I've mentioned the bravery. <laughs> well, if but then basically you've got to take the two hundred point hero, so only one runs away. Yeah, yeah, but so that's why he's there. That's good. Um, uh, they're on like 32 more bases. So yeah, like uh, anyway, we'll talk about this. Yeah, anyway, 
Like, I'm not. Like, I'm going to try really hard. Look, look how good they look. They look great. I could just Show me the things. next one. Okay, all right. I just, I just like those guys. Okay, so then the one that like has been kind of setting the internet on fire is the Manskewer Bolt Boys. Are Sentinels? That's what they are. Salamanders from spe- well from the swamps. So they've got two wounds apiece. Excellent. Uh, they've got a six-up save. Not the best. And their bravery five. Not the worst. They move five inches. So uh, there is a lot of six-up armor saves and five-up armor saves. So it's not brilliant because um, of whatever, but that's fine. So the ability, what's it? Shall I read the story, Nate? Do you want to read the story? Yeah, sure. The um, <clears throat> what about the the yeah, dudes the, in general? The yeah, man. the manskewers. These uh, fiendish crossbow-wielding manskewer bolt boys are powerful enough to take down a charging grunter with one shot. Oh, grunters have been reduced to two wounds. That's sad. <laughs> um, whilst um, with one shot, while the potions, uh, the poisons coating their projectiles induce spasming deaths that are highly entertaining for the to these cruel oryx. There we go. Uh, so yeah, two wounds each. Bravery five again. Six up save. What is it about bog armor that's not very armory? Like it's a six. Maybe. Do you know um, when people go LARPing? Yeah. And they use that like warbler stuff and it looks amazing, but probably a knife would go through it. Yeah, I know. I know what you're saying. So you think Maybe it's that. Really, These really guys are LARPing. <laughs> yeah, all of them. All of them are LARPing. They think they're LARPing. No one else thinks that. <laughs> Nobody else in the mortal realms. They think mortal realms just a good old LARP event, isn't it? So, so do you know what I? So, like I, for a while, I thought these guys were going to be like Oscar the Grouch, you know, from Sesame Street, like lived in a bin, really angry, yeah. and they're going to fuck shit up. Yeah, they're ready. But now they kind of remind me of like the the bin lady from the labyrinth. You know, when she lands, like she lands inside the the trash heap, and there's just an old lady collecting loads of rubbish. It's kind of where I think they're at now. But let's continue with confidence and enthusiasm. They've got a bow, a man-skewer crossbow that's got two shooting profiles, hasty shot and aim shot, a lot like Sentinels, two versions of shooting. However, caveat, unlike Sentinels, they can only make one shot if they haven't moved, which is the aim shot, which is good because that's the one you don't want to do because it sucks. Well, it doesn't suck. It's just not as good as the other one. So that's 24-inch range. And obviously, you can't move and do it. So 24 inches. However, the hasty shot is 12-inch range. And you can move your 5 inches. So 17-inch effective range. So that's good. And if they can pop up from the swamps, like if they could boggle up, then maybe you could just be like, pew, pew, pew. <laughs> and, and the reason that it's better is the short-range one is two shots. But the long-range shot is one shot. Um, the long-range shot hits on twos, wounds on threes, has rend one, and does damage two. But the short range shot, which is 12 inches, is, and just FYI, if you're a shooting unit, best to be really far away, not in 12 inches. No one, don't, don't care. If you're a shooting, a shooting unit covered in armor with a six up save, don't be next to people. If you're an Iron Drake covered in armor, you'd be like, you know what, fucking come at me. I'll give this a, a whirl, it's a, uh, but anyway, anyway. <laughs> They've got two shots each at short range. Yeah, danger close. Fours to hit, not the best. Wounds on a three, it's better. Rend one, excellent. Like damage two, 
Uh, but don't forget, obviously, because the allegiance ability, any sixes to hit, fucking. And this is a unit of three, by the way. Three guys. Yeah, so they're like hurricane crossbows. Or not hurricane crossbows. Uh, back to uh, long strike. Long crossbows. strike. Yeah, yeah. In fact, actually, I'll just read out the profile for those guys really quick so you can kind of like compare them. Because I think that that's probably worth doing. Let me just read this out to you really quick. So, compared to the long strikes. Oh, Vanguard Raptors. Oh, you have to type in so much. <laughs> not not Vanguard Raptors, although they'd be a great unit. Um, <laughs> so, uh, Vanguard Raptors are two wounds apiece, the same. They're a four up save, so and they're Bravery 7, so uh, a little bit better. And those guys are long range shot, is one shot each, twos, threes, ren two, damage two at 24 inches, and any sixes to hit do two mortal wounds. So a bit like these guys, um, but they don't have but then they've got add six inches to the range of this unit if they haven't moved. These guys are, you can't do the long range shot if you move, basically. So they're 30 inches at long range. These guys are uh, 24. Uh, yeah. So how many points do you think? Six wounds. Six up save. Um, 180. Wow. 175. I want 175. Okay. Uh, what do you think, Nath? Well, I mean, the old, uh, uh, what the hell was it called? Bolt thrower that we used to have. What was it called? Spear chucker. Was about 100 points, I want to say. So, come on. the These guys are like three of those spear chuckers, eh? <laughs> <laughs> or maybe not. Maybe they're like one and a half. I don't know. About 150-ish, probably. Okay, well, I see good points. news for you all. There are 120 yeah. points. Oh. That's actually pretty good. Yeah. Well, I mean, they can shoot a Gore Grunter with each shot. Gore Grunters are already just two wounds each. That's going to be bad news for the arms. <laughs> I don't think. I don't think. Uh... Imagine if they've just, they've just for that War Scroll narrative, they're like, well, better make Gore Grunters two wounds because we've said it now. Yeah. I mean, there's some there's some big problems. If you lose one out of the unit of three, then probably the other two are gonna maybe run away. <laughs> that bravery. <laughs> it's pretty rough. Um, but if you have the boss fella nearby, only one oh. of them will run away. So they're basically <laughs> just compare them to a razor dog, uh, or actually one salamander is ten points cheaper. There we as go. A, as an example, but you get three of these. So. What one salamander's one hundred and ten points? Yeah, and his three and his three handlers. That. Yeah, his three handlers. Uh, we hate those guys so much. We do. Uh, they this so this is why they need the five plus spell negation next to them. Thanks, Queekster. I was concerned. Uh, Zircon, uh, they should have had red like this. Add six inches range characters these units. Long strike crossbows. If this unit did not move in the movement phase, same turn for the orcs. I agree. They one hundred percent should have had that. Um, so, anyway, so that's the uh, that's all of the power, raw power from the Dominion box. If you decide to be a cruel boys player, like I've decided to be, what um, about the best unit? <laughs> of course, yeah, I forgot. forgot. You forgot a <laughs> unit. Oh, my favourite unit, which I am collecting many of. If anyone has any of these, please send them to me. Hobgrot Slitters. Yeah, I'm reading this out, Nate. Mobs of hobgrot slitters have often been witnessed accompanying the cruel boy oryx to war <laughs> these malicious little brutes 
delight in the eviscerating foe with their slitter knives and employing explosive devices pilfered from their Dwardin paymasters to blow unlucky people apart. Hobgrots forever. <laughs> Can I now, ask you just a quick question, Rob? Yeah, what's the question? How, how easy is it is for us to just flip back and look at the crossbow again quickly? Yeah, very easy. The Manscure okay. Bolt Boys. Yeah, if we could go back to him. Got back, yep. There's a okay. picture. So, so all of, all of the people in the how chat. How much armor he's got? Yeah, if we can just look at his armor. Yeah, okay. I'm, I'm and then if we in. go back, if we go back to the little lad after. Okay, let me go to the grippers. Uh, no, oh, sorry, the slitters. Yeah, not, just the little not, lads. Not as much armor, and he has a grenade in his mouth. Yeah, <laughs> and and I mean, fifty percent of his body's naked. Same yep. save. It has got the same armor save. You are right. The other one is, I would argue. Like, overly armoured for a crossbow unit. Yep. But it's all Warbler, so I guess that's the issue. Yeah. You are, you are quite right. It's a, okay. But we've we've already discussed that bog armour isn't strong armour. Like, come on, James. It's made of bog. That's true. Come on, man. Okay, right. So, these guys are going to pull the faction back so far. Because so far, I haven't seen, like, the raw <laughs> output. <laughs> so you fucking laugh at me, <laughs> Okay, right. What have they got? Okay, they've got an 8-inch shooting attack, yeah, called the sulfur- Sulfuric Scrap Grenades. They're 8-inch range, and they move 5 inches, so an effective range of 12 inches, pretty much like the crossbow fellas. They've got one attack each, hits on a 4, sad face, but wounds on a 3, great news. Rend 1, <laughs> damage 1. Okay. How many of these am I getting in a unit? Okay, it's a great question uh, that I should have prepped for. I think you're getting 10 initially? Yeah, you're getting 10 of these, fellas. Okay, okay. so 10 grenades. 10 yeah. grenades. Uh, everybody throws grenades. They can actually run and throw them as well. Yeah, they can. But Thanks very much. No, no, can't shoot. Uh, they can't charge if they've done they that. They can. Yeah. The, I, I, I'm sorry, I've read ahead, but I need to tell everyone now. Tell, tell, tell us all. Yeah, go for it. Because this is important. So they have a standard bearer, one in 10. And it lets them re-roll their battle shock, which is super key because they think on bravery four, um, you'll probably need to roll really badly to ever not lose them. Uh, so yeah, they're they're bravery four. You're right. Okay, okay. And it's been pointed out that they're not battle line, <laughs> so you actually can only ever upgrade to a unit of twenty, James, which means. You're never going to take a unit of 30 for them all to run away. So, <laughs> Oh, nice. That's good. Yeah, so that's a positive. Uh, that you can't take as many is a positive, I guess. Probably. And then they've got some abilities. Don't forget, they're not going to get mortal <laughs> wounds on any of their attacks because they don't, they're not part of, they're not an Uruk. Yeah, they're a Hobgrot. So they've got two attacks each in combat. Hits on a four, wounds on a five. No bonuses uh, for that. However, if you get any sixes to hit, um, so yeah, if you get any sixes to hit, then you're going to generate, they've got exploding sixes basically. So 10 guys, right? And they've got 20 attacks in close combat, and then any sixes to hit are going to explode. You wound on fives though, which is a bit of a problem, without any, without any re-rolls. But you could try and make it work. If you gave them the plus one to wound... Nope, that does. That's only on a hero. Oh, you can plus one to hit. Yeah, oh, just, we don't want that one. I guess you get more dice. Though. It's not great. If you add the triumph, isn't there a triumph? Yeah, there is a triumph. Plus one to, to, to win. Wounds, 
plus no, it one gives to you wound. plus one to wound. You need the triumph every time. So if you start your battle every time, just take 1,900 points and hope you roll uh, the middle <laughs> triumph. <laughs> Imagine that! Just, just, just a flat knife attack! <laughs> and ten lads! Just throwing grenades! Oh, God. Yeah. Uh, you can also reroll battle shot tests. Have I told yeah, you about that? that? Right. That's the one I read. <laughs> okay. Uh, right. Give me, the, give me them sweet stormcast. No, well, hold on. How many points for oh, the yeah. hot grot slitters? Ten wounds. Six up save. Twenty attacks hitting on a four wound on a five. They're kind of a melee unit, but not really. They're a melee <laughs> they're unit. Not you don't a melee want a melee. Unit at all. Well, what are they? A shooting a unit. A hundred. No, they're not. And five they're points. They're just a unit that stands in the way for other things to kill. They're a screening unit. Yeah. But oh. okay. Well, they're ninety-five points. Oh, cheap. <laughs> Is that cheap? <laughs> it is compared to all the other stuff. <laughs> is that cheap? <laughs> I like the fact that chat's all just falling out with me simultaneously. <laughs> it's all I'm getting is that's not cheap. And I know, like, in a 10 minutes, we're going to do the Stormcast ones and people are going to be raging. Okay, right. Remember that. Okay, remember. We'll do a comparison now because it's super worth it. Okay, let's do Stormcast. Don't look at the super points, James, unless super you've already looked at I, I honestly, points. honestly haven't. I don't know any okay. of them. Okay, all right. Well, let's let's do the, the Stormcast now. One sec, let me just change the image. Uh, and also, fucking fair play to you two sticking with me for this long, you fucking legends. Uh, can we get some love for James and uh, Nathan in the chat because they're smashing it. There we go. Right, okay. So, <laughs> here we go. Okay, first up, let's talk about Yinstrusta. Yeah? Okay, Yunstrusta. Uh, I, I, I have seen the bitter leak of this, and I am excited. You should be. Compared to the fella on the fucking Squigglelanch or whatever he's on, fucking night and day. So she moves 12 inches, not 10, flies. Always uh, eight... I mean, she's got wings. She has got wings. Unless so we give it to a kid and they stick it on an orc, then yeah. she doesn't have wings. Uh... Uh, kill panic. Also, quick question of battalion special abilities. You mean core battalions once per turn or once per battle? Then once per battle, kill panic. And you know that. It's a mistake I made the other day. Fuck you. Uh, right, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so there, Henry Steele, shabanga bang. Uh, big love. So, so moves 12 inches, is bravery 10, has 8 wounds and a 3 up save. So you're like, okay, only 8 wounds. But she's below 10 wounds, so she can get lookouts her. And she also can yeah. hide behind terrain, which is good. However, she is a champion of Sigmar, forged by Sigmar's own hand. Yunstra is protected by a divine aura so potent that swords and arrows simply rebound off her, very much just like a Swamp Boggler shield should do. And the unit, she has a 4 plus ward save. Okay. Um, I mean, nuts. Nuts. I, ha I honestly hadn't seen that rule, and you were like, oh, arrows bounce off her. And I was like, here comes her 6 up ward, and I just looked down and I was like, no. That is too bad. <laughs> That's too bad. That's really good. So she, so she's effectively sixteen wounds. Now I know you're going to ask yourself, Rob, in every hero phase, how many wounds do you reckon she could heal back? Well, she's bravery ten. So on two d six, probably likely to heal herself quite nicely. Yeah. So very nice. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah? Uh, thanks to Band of Badgers for raiding us. Uh, very much appreciated. 
Um, uh, so yeah, so she's really, really good. Uh, her uh, attacks, that's important, James. She's got an 18-inch bow attack, or sorry, Thengavar. Thengavar. Thengavar, which is... Thengavar. What yeah. is that? Huh? What is Thengavar? It's a, it's a shield. It's a spear thing. Okay, cool. Right? So uh, she's got... Uh, it's only one attack, but it does hit on a two. Big big thumb. Yeah? It wounds on a two. Fairly consistent, is what I'd say. It's Ren two. Big positive stonks. And it's D6 damage. So generally quite good. Yeah? So she could uh, outrange. This is important because she's 30 inch ranges. So you know our unit of bol- uh, our man uh, crusher bolt fellas from yep. the Swamp Bugglers. She outranges <laughs> them and in one shot can take an entire unit off. And in fact, actually, if she only kills one, she probably battle shots the rest off as well. In Fair. one shot. So that's useful. She is then, in more armor than them, though. Not as much more. But she's got well, no, but hers isn't made out of warbler, is it? So Yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's true. But then she's got the Blade of the High Heavens, problematic language, which is a range of one inch, and it's got four attacks, hits on a three, wounds on a two, rend two, and is damage three. Not forgetting she's a hero, so obviously she could give herself um, uh, like uh, their finest hour, so she could actually be um, uh, two plus armor save. She could be uh, wounding on twos, well, plus one, actually. But then, yeah, so she could do 12 damage in combat, which is pretty nice. And then she's mm. got, if enemy monsters are within three inches of her, they count as having 10 wounds onto their bracket. So if you've got an unwounded monster, so Nathan, let's say you charge at her, yeah, with um, uh, Loom Boss and Mangler Squigs, they actually count as having taken 10 wounds. Oh, that was a bad choice. Oh, nice. Okay, good. Because <laughs> Loom Boss on Mangler Squig, they actually get better when they're wounded. I knew that. That's why I suggested uh, it, because then oh, okay. you've got a reason for the Loom Boss on Mangler to be better. <laughs> There we go, when he's fighting Yndrestha. Yeah, Yndrestha. Yeah, but then another monster, whatever, I guess. But yeah, monster. every other monster except for Mangler Squigs and Scarbrand. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, so then, so that's her Prime Huntress ability. She's got four at Ward, like uh, James is talking about. And then she's um, also got the Hawk of the Celestial Skies, which is do not take battle shock tests for friendly Stormcast Eternals, Cities of Sigmar, wholly within 12 inches of her. So she's Nuts. making, yeah, Cities of Sigmar units and Stormcast units wholly within 12. The, the Cities of Sigmar thing, I think, is wicked, though. Yeah, of course, yeah. <laughs> but it, but it, it's even more hilarious that, like, anyone stood around her wholly within 12 is like, not going anywhere. And then orcs are like, just one of us! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a shame. But she's also one of got... you can take the day off, the rest of you have to stay. <laughs> Uh, Shadow Sun is a ward save like an alternative save like Shrug. It's a damage prevention role. So it's exactly like a feel no pain or a disgusting resilience or any of those other things that you may... Um, Shrug is another word for it. We always use DPR because then if we're talking about 40k or we're talking about Age of Sigma, a damage prevention role. Uh, but they've clarified what ward is in the core rules, which is great. Um, so yeah. Oh, it's a DPR. That's amazing. Yeah, it's so good. And then she's finally got Dazzling Radiance. Yanstra's... Sorry, hold on. Someone typed it out for me. Yindrasta. God touched brilliance can call stranded stormcast souls once more into the fray. Once per turn, James, have you read this? In your <laughs> hero phase, if this unit is on the battlefield, you can return one slain model to each, not one, each friendly stormcast eternals unit with a wound characteristic of three or less 
that's wholly within 12 inches of this unit. Baller. Each one. Baller. Yes. She's basically just respawning her lookout, sir. Huh? You can put her with a unit, they give her a lookout, sir, and then she's just continually bringing them back. Yeah. And I was like, oh, is it once per battle? Per battle? No. It's once per turn. Because her, her and the Celestine Prime, he has that one where when you kill someone, you bring someone back on a wound. Yep. So between the two of them, great. Oh, don't, oh, don't worry. For some reason, this isn't the end of this journey on these War Scrolls. This is just the beginning of this. But yes, the the bodyguard unit that Sircon's talking about in the chat is three wounds. There are some pretty stonky three wound units that you can just bring back. Can't summon more bog gobbler slitter boys or whatever from the swamp. Too powerful. Yeah. <laughs> Their shields are too expensive. Takes a but lot of something make. called an annihilator, no problem. Get that fella straight back up. Warbler's expensive. It is. So how many points is she? So let's just compare her to um the boss killer on fucking donkey donkey whatever it is. Yeah? She's she's too faster. Yeah? She's got the same armor save. She's plus three bravery. She's minus two wounds. She's um, pretty much the same in a fight, but she has a shooting attack. She has a four-up ward, though, so she's effectively 16 wounds versus the other guy's 10. Um, she's more likely to heal herself. She reduces monsters' ability. She heals a model per turn, and she makes people immune to battle shock. How many points is she making? Uh, I've, I've actually seen her points. So... Okay, James. Yeah. Right, so she's basically a Celestine Prime. Mm-hmm. But everything's going up. He's three hundred, so I'm gonna say three twenty-five because everything is a five now. Okay, well, actually, she's three hundred points. <laughs> she's she is a hundred points better, I think, than that other guy. Fifty percent better. Is she fifty percent better only? No, but like, imagine, she is 100, imagine your she face. She is a hundred points better. That's all I'm saying. Imagine your face as you, you bought this box with your brother and then you just be like, right, fucking charge my swamp boggler right at him. Yeah? And then this... Okay, yeah, sure. She, okay. she doesn't weaken any of them, though, because none of them are monsters. That's a good point. That's a good point. <laughs> so me and you play Dominion day one. We'll be fine. Yeah. Them okay. Hob, them hobgots are fine. Yeah. <laughs> Imagine she just spears, she just fucking nukes um, one unit of the archer boys, smashes a unit of hobgrots, and then the spear boys come in and just fucking bounce off her, and then she just deletes them off the board as well. Anyway, it's fine. And some Norwegian dude has done the maths, by the way, in the box. You only get 960 points of cruel boys versus 1,350 points of stormcast in the box. Um, so, Well, I bet she could go through... All of the cool boys in the box on her the own. The whole army. Yeah. Yeah. We should Agreed. try it. Agreed. Let's roll that one week. Yeah, we'll do that one week. Yeah. <laughs> uh, right. So the next up is the Knight Valexa. Yeah. With the banner of apotheosis. Six wounds with a three up save. Moves five inches, which is slow. And bravery eight. So helpfully he can heal himself. Okay. In a fight, he's not bad. Four attacks, three threes. Rend one damage two with a signal right war blade. But... He's got some pretty stonk abilities. He's got the banner of the Reforged. Once per battle, in your hero phase, if this unit is on the battlefield, you can pick up to three friendly Stormcast Eternals units wholly within 12 inches. Okay? 
and they can be affected by the banner's energy. And if you do, you can heal D3 at wounds allocated to that unit. Okay, so you can pick Yinjustra and heal a D3 if you wanted to. Or if you have a unit of the two wound um, uh, stabby boys, what they call Vindicators, yeah, then it, you can return one of those slain models. Or if you roll really well, if you want to try and risk it, you can return one of the Praetors, which are three wounds. Yeah, so you can return that. However, you can, and you can choose three different units. Or you can choose the same unit two or three times. So if you have a unit of Vindicators or Praetors, you can roll 3d3. And if you happen to boxcars it and roll like three five ups, basically, you can return three of the Annihilators. And if not, and you get the more of the average, you can turn return three units of Vindicators, which Insane. is quite nice. Yeah, to one unit, one turn. And then if you've got Yinrastra, yeah, she's going to return an, another unit as well. So she can put four, basically, back into a unit. Uh, but Do you reckon you about. can raise a dude that's, like, partially, like, a wounded dude? Oh, great question. Uh, if you I don't... With this ability, turn a number of same models to the unit that have a combined wound characteristic of D3 or less. Combined wound characteristic. Mm. It doesn't even, say. No, doesn't no, I don't think that. so. But but it's huh? even more insane because you can pick the same unit three times. Yeah, so if Yunstra is like nearly dead, just be like, fuck it, heal a three d three. Um. Also, so I, I'm or just going to be true Stormcast yeah. nerd if that's yeah. okay, because yeah, someone yeah. said, don't we already have a Night Vexler? So we already have a Night Vexler, but he had two banner options in his little box. You could have a big flag, or you could have a pennant i think it was yeah, which was like a thing yeah. one teleported one called a comet down so this is a new night vexler with a sexier banner uh-huh. and and then you see its rules and you're like oh even more sexier mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but the thing is is it's once per battle as being pointed out in the chat mm-hmm. and uh the soul charge icon which is its other ability is you can re-roll charge rolls for friendly stormcast units holding within 12 inches of the unit which is like whatever so actually it's really do you want to spend it's the a... points on like a 3d3 heal. And ultimately, I don't think so. I think it's cool. I would love to return 3d3 Swamp Bogglers. Um, but... it's, um, it looks great, though. Huh? I, I really like the model. So. Yeah, it looks great. Uh, but how, I don't think you're actually going to see him a lot. To be no, honest. probably not. I might how many one points now, just do you think you. they are? One, 140. He is... Oh, actually, I don't have the points. Uh, one second. Well, I do, but I just lost it in the milieu of the day. Oh, does he have two? 125. 125. Yeah. 125. Does, yeah. does he have the totem keyword? He does. Does have the totem keyword. Okay, so keyword. that's big too. Yeah, 100%. All right, so next one. Uh, and you get, yeah, this is just a one guy, obviously. You've got the Lord Imperitant, uh, which is a guy on foot. He's got seven wounds for some reason with a three-up save and his bravery nine, so he's not likely dying. Um, he's got a shooting attack uh, where he shoots people with a baton, which is not how I think batons work, but okay. Um, D6 attacks, by the way, James, at 18 inches. I know what you're saying to yourself, James. If I stand up, walk forward with a crossbow, <laughs> how far do you think I can shoot it? The answer is obviously 12 inches. Yeah. But if I walk forward and throw a baton, no, how no, far? No. You... Shooting lightning bolts. It's no, it's a baton. Yeah, but it shoots lightning bolts out the end. Yeah, it's like one of those um, stun things that the cops use. 
it's like um you know the little um, the, like handheld firework launchers. It's like that. Just got really yeah, okay. long. <laughs> uh, oh, how much was the Cruel Boys banner? Does anyone remember how much the Cruel Boys um, banner was? Ten ten points less than the Stormcast. Yeah. One fifteen. Basically, so, the, basically the same as well. I think. Yeah, <laughs> I, I think realistically they're the same model, like <laughs> in all their roles. So let's continue. Anyway, he, uh, eighteen inches. It's D six shots, three threes, rend one, damage one. Take out. Uh, just as uh, as a D six is random as like janky as hell. As a D six. Anyway, uh, distinguished leader. Once per turn, this unit can issue a command without a command point being spent. So he could just pick a unit and be like. Plus one save to you, plus one to hit to you, whatever you want. You know, all those things. So that's pretty brilliant. So it's a free command point. Actually, I've got a little side note. We're really late into this for me to make this, so I'll make it really quick. I think we're going to see a lot of characters around like the 100, 150 mark, which they're basically going to be like, oh, it generates you a command point, or you get to use a command point for free. So instead of paying for a command point that cost you 50 points previously in 80 Sigma 2, they're selling you a model that costs you 25 to 30 quid, so you generate a free command point off it every turn. Makes yep. sense. Uh, little side note. I'll just take us through that. Anyway, guided by lightning, this is his other ability, uh, as opposed to the command point one, which is once per turn at the end of your movement phase, if any friendly units with this ability are on the battlefield, you can see it will guide the arrival of Sigmar's warriors. If you do so, you pick a Thunderstrike unit with a wounds capacity of three or less that's in reserve. When you use this ski onto the storm ability, as in it lands from space, you basically get to make a seven inch charge instead of a nine inch charge. Yeah? Yeah, it's cool. It's a cool ability. I saw loads of people moaning about it because you then like can make your charge easier, but it helps the big lads, which we'll come to in a minute, I know, and then do you want to fight because it removes units. But I just think like I played, obviously, when Nathan did his battle report the other day and we played in my garden, um, I took a janky like 2015 Stormcast list and forgot, even though I think they're still overpointed at the minute, I dropped like four Fulminators in front of someone. And was just like, cool, roll a charge, made a nine, deleted whatever they hit. And I think so when you're like, oh, I, I know points and all, but like there's still some scary stuff in that Stormcast book that benefits from a 50% better chance to charge. Yeah, baby. You've got it. You've got it. Uh, Nate, what do you think of this guy and how many points do you think he is? <clears throat> uh, I've seen the points. So I can tell you if you want to okay. know. But do you want to let James have a guess? Oh, James, how many points? Free command uh, ability One... per turn. 155. I think oh, it's 160. Oh, so close. So close. Worth it every day of the week. See, do you also, know what kind of, so can, can I tell you what kind of pisses me off about this guy versus... So we have like a mounted character, which is our Yinstra version. Yeah. Yep. And then you've got the, the on-foot character, who's just the same war scroll, just on-foot. And yeah. this guy is like a very... Like he fills a very different role in the well, army. And- that I... killer boss on foot was 140. I... So 20 points difference. 20 points the... difference between the two? Yeah. The dumbest thing, I think, actually, so like, as, like, I've played Stormcast since whenever Age of Sigma originally came out. Um, and the dumbest thing, I think, actually, is that the one thing they probably didn't need was more heroes because there's <laughs> thousands like you get to that stormcast page you're like oh everyone's night something and i think actually they'd have been better off making like rewriting the lord celestant war scroll making a new model and giving you the choice of having them all and we all know why they haven't done it but it probably would have made more sense yeah fair point fair point 
Well, okay. So, and Nathan pointed out 20 points between those two. And I think that's what's really upsetting about the Cruel Boys on foot character. He's no different. He doesn't provide anything different to the guy on the, the, yeah. the, the mount. So, like, anyway. So then the Knight Arcanum is the wizard. Six wounds with a three-up save. So very tanky. Move five, bravery eight. So that's good. Pretty good in a fight. Three attacks, threes. Wounds on a four, though. Ren one, D3 damage. But it's a wizard. Predatory Ender Spells cannot pass across this unit or finish a move within three inches of it, but you can set up Predatory Ender Spells within three inches of it. So you drop a Vortex right on top. And then um, they've got Blaze of the Heavens ability, which is cast as a spell, cast on seven. This wizard can only cast one spell, by the way, or unbind one spell. Um, and it's basically a D3 Mortal Wound spell. So it's like, it's like a shitty... It's like the most shitty average wizard in the history of all time, with the Predatory yeah. spell being a thing. Cool mask, though. Except you can make the range of that D3 mortal wounds quite far. Yes. So yeah. you could, you could like ping off one of those crossbow guys, and then you know, yeah, yeah, I guess I good mean, chance the other two will run away. It's only twelve, <laughs> though, isn't it? So. Uh no. So it increases how many units you have around you. Only within it's... twelve. Shit. Okay. And it's Sorry. MS- MSU. So yeah. you've got banner dude standing there. You've I read got your standing there. You know, by the time, you know, you could be adding. Yeah, yeah. I read that the wrong way. I thought it was 12 inches, inches plus yeah. two, but it's 18 inches and then two for everyone in 12. So, yeah, it's grim. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but it's it's like it's pretty boring, whatever. Um, so then, <laughs> but then let's get into the stonks because these are well, so cool. Yeah. Right. Uh, and this is... she, she's 150 points, I think. Yeah, 150 points. She, but like, uh, I don't think you'll ever take her for a war scroll spell. Like, I think no, like, pretty mad. Yeah, no, no, she'll be using. You take the exorcist for these 90 or... points. Yeah. But it's also cast on a seven, so like for a couple of mortal wounds. Yeah, I think I don't think the spell's that bad, to be honest. That is the sound of a destruction player. Like, like this is this is pretty good. Right, okay, the Vindicators. So this is what you got. You've got the, the guts, Gut Rippers versus the Vindicators, the Spear and Shield unit. These are our comparisons. Now, you get a unit of five, and there are only two wounds each. So they are ten wounds, but they are battle line on a three-up armor save. Great news. <laughs> really pleased. Do you know what we needed? Better uh, armor saves. That's what we needed. <laughs> Keep going. Tell me more. Yeah, uh, right. So uh, they've got a three up armor save and their bravery seven, right? Which is nice. They move five. They should inches. be braver, but they carry on. Be braver. Uh, well, so <laughs> they, their storm spear is a two inch range, so you can fight in two ranks, but you've only got a unit of five, so you're fine. Yeah. They and, are braver. Uh, if there's a banner, if they have their banner with them, they have plus one bravery. So they are braver. They're bravery eight. Uh, you get to add one to the attack characteristic of the model Storm Spear. Um, uh, so you, so from the unit, you're only going to get eleven attacks. Okay, but they got two attacks each. Oh, they got two attacks each. Sorry, but it's eleven attacks. Hit on threes, wounded on threes, rend one, damage one. If the unmodified hit roll for an attack made by the Storm Spear is a six. It inflicts one mortal wound on the target and the attack sequence ends. So they're the same as the Swamp Boggler guys, basically. They yeah. just have half the wounds and half the attacks, pretty much. 
basically. So you get like uh, from ten, you get twenty attacks. These guys are only going to get a, they get twenty one attacks. These guys get eleven attacks. But obviously, it's that three up armor save that's pretty clutch because obviously, with the command ability from the champion, uh, the Vindicator Prime, then um, you get plus one. Uh, you get plus one save if you wanted to use all-out defense. So you can pretty much have a battle line unit, and obviously it's a battle line unit, so you can upgrade it to 15. So you can have 15 or 30 wounds with a two-up armor save, which is pretty nice. Yeah, with that free command point from that other fella. Yeah, yeah 100%, yeah. Mm. Um, so I could comfortably see, like, uh, two blocks, two blocks of 15 of these guys um, holding the front line against the enemy, or at least a block of 15, right? Holding the line against the the guys, you throw. Or if you have a unit of five, you put them in cover. They're going to be on a two up armor save. They're going to be pretty tough to shift. Um, and then also, don't forget, you could bring Yinstra can just bring back one per turn, or you can have the banner guy and bring back three d three. Yeah, yeah. So or you could just rally some if you needed to or whatever. So yeah. Well, there's. I mean, you could do the banner. You could rally. You can. You Draska. You could have all fifteen back if you. Well, really well. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. Like, huge, huge love uh, for this unit is so good. For a battle line unit for Stormcast is incredible, it, in my Which opinion. is, like, and exciting because they look so much better. Than the oh, yeah, ones. they look great, man. But, like, the difference between them and the Gut Rippers, right, is night and day. Yeah, absolutely. Like, these guys are, like, very good. And the Gut Rippers, Gut Rippers' key thing is, like, Oh, like any sixes here, I'm gonna do a mortal wound. And these guys are like, yeah, same. Also, we've got rend, and we hit on threes. Yeah, and we wound on threes. And wound on threes. So yeah, if you ignore the mortal wounds, they doing, they will be giving the same number of saves to your opponent. Only these ones will have rend on. Yeah, hundred percent. So James, do you know the points? No idea. Oh, okay. So how much? So the it was 180 points for 20 wounds of the gut rippers. So 10 models. How many is it for 10 wounds of these guys? The Vindicators? One, one 45? 140? Oh. Well, 140. You guessed it. Good mm. job. Oh, nice. But the thing is, it's so much better, right? If you have t 10 of these guys, that's 280 points, which is 20 wounds on a 3-up armor save that's better in a fight versus the 180 points you pay for 10 of the other guys. Like, it's uh, it's a hundred points more for ten vindicators, but I'd happily pay a hundred points more, a hundred points more for ten vindicators. Yeah. Than I than I would, the other way round. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, hundred yeah, percent. Uh, well, that's what I think anyway. I don't know, Nathan. What do you think? Yeah, yeah. I think uh, these guys are yeah, they got some very nice rules, very especially nice. compared to the other half of the box. Yeah, agreed. So, and I think they're a great battle line unit. 140 points for them, 10 wounds. I think they're good. I think they're really good. Uh, the Praetors, they've got... Th so this is a chunkier unit now. Three wounds apiece. We've only got two War Scrolls left. Three wounds apiece. Three up armor save. They move five inches and their bravery eight. James, I know you're super happy about that. Right? Um, and then they've got... They come in a unit of three, I'm pretty certain. So I... Check. I... Yes, they do. They three do. love these models. Well, that's good because I mean they do look beautiful, man. They look sweet. Uh, their 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 halberd is only a one inch range. So <laughs> I... <laughs> <laughs> Who 
Right. I, I not care if it's broken or not, but like, and I know it doesn't matter because there's three of them and there'd only ever be six max. But that point when they were like, we measure the weapons, it's like, this guy's got a halberd. I know it's two hands, but he can fucking poke with it. It should be two. Carry on. What? So wait, you were cool with the baton that's 18 inch range, but you like the halberd. It's shooting that's... lightning. It's fine. fine. Okay. All right. Well, yeah, it's one inch range on the halberd. So that sucks. Uh, but it is three attacks apiece, so nine attacks from the unit with plus one from the champion, so ten attacks. Threes and threes, rend one, damage two. However, at the start of the first battle round, before, before determining who has the first turn, you can pick one friendly Stormcast Eternal's hero on the battlefield, which unit will be bound to. Roll a dice before you allocate a wound or a mortal wound to that hero while it's been three inches of that unit. On a one to two, that wound or mortal wound is allocated to the hero as normal. On a three to four, the wound or mortal wounds allocated to this unit instead of the hero. On a five to six, that wound or mortal wound is negated. So Yinstra has basically got a four up ward and then a five up other ward from the bodyguard unit. If the bodyguard unit dies, she can bring back one per turn. Do you know what? That's hilarious. She's the new croak. She is like the new croak, but better. They're a bit slow. They'd have to run really, yeah. fast, really fast to keep up with her. Yeah, she she wouldn't be. And also, uh, yeah, I mean, there is that fact, but it's great for if you think you might get Alfred. It's great that you've got that little that little bunker. I mean, it seems to be something that they're doing with all the new armies, except for the fucking swampy dudes. But I mean, because the <laughs> the elves had the same thing with their bin. Uh, what are they? Blade Lords. They do the same thing, don't they? So uh, loads of loads of great points in the chat about moving them and deep striking them. So I will concur. They and they're great. They're going in whatever because I yeah. just love them. Yeah. They uh, but the hero that they protect has to be on the battlefield. Should be uh, at the start. What is most? And Ulfric has made the point, and I think it's a good one. What I think is most obvious is just how similar the Praetors as a bodyguard unit are. As the stab grot, yeah, Basically about the same, right? Identical. Same. Um, I'd like to say your characters. Well, to be fair though, in all honesty, the by the stab grots we mean the little lads, right? The little hobgoblins. No, 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 no. 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 Go on, Nath. The little grot that's next to the killer boss. Oh well, yeah. I on guess a six so. up, he might save a wound off your character. <laughs> Chucklebutt is here. We're almost four hours in and he's still caught us. I'm going to 5 0 with Cruel Boys. And when I do, I'm going to get fully fucking naked. Yeah, like, I'll be like, yeah, you you doubted this. Um, It might have to be at my own event. But uh, the (laughs) (laughs) Praetors are stabbed. Why why did you say you doubted this when you're fully naked? Were we doubting? I doubt it. The, su- the size the of his wiener. Um, <laughs> hey, Chuckabutty, thanks for resubscribing. Uh, so, anyway, so yeah, Yinstra, but also, most importantly, a storm. Uh, a, let's pick a Star Drake. James, let's fucking do some math on it, right? We've got a Star Drake, right? Three up save. Finest yep. hour. It's got a two up save. We've given it the artifact that we found earlier, yeah? The medallion of the chosen the, one. Everyone's got the medallion, yeah? The everyone medallion, the Del Boy medallion. Yeah, so now it's got a five-up DPR. You're like, no problem. You drop these dickheads out the sky. Boom. Yeah? 
right? Then the Star Drake is like, oh, I'm taking some wounds, pass my five up. You're like, cool. The Praetors tank it all for them. So the Star Drake's basically got an additional nine wounds. Nice. Yeah. In fact, it's even more on the math because a third of the time it just completely negates them. Yeah. So the the fact that it completely negates it is terrifying. Yeah, on a third the, of them. The, yeah, the yeah. passover the passover. I'm like passover is kind of cool, but you're killing your lads. You can bring one back, but it's kind of cool. Like the negate is terrifying. Like you're yeah. like I'm doing six more wounds to this girl, and you're like, cool, you've done. I've shrugged two. They've shrugged two. You've actually done two. Oh, one's gone to them. You've done a wound here, a wound here. Move forward, rinse and repeat. She gets to your army, and you're like, cool, I've just chipped like two of them lads off, and her. She's like, pop one back, banner pops, she's full health, they're full health, and then you get hit with a show, and like, terrifying. So, as Blinky in the chat seems to think that you would allocate the wound a different time, but like, I'll have to check that and go back on the wording, and we're three hours in, so, well, four. So I'm not gonna, but like maybe, maybe it's you allocate the wound to the hero but, and you don't. But even then, like I, you're like, yeah. they're gonna take a couple, they're gonna negate a couple entirely, and then she's get four up to. It's still terrifying. Yeah. Doesn't matter either way around. Yeah. So how many points for the bodyguard unit? Which don't forget you can use on other ones. Uh, one eighty. Uh? One fifty-five. One fifty-five for Praetor's James, and they're pretty good nice. in the fight, right? Ten attacks yep. with damage two. Mm. Yeah, they're almost the same. Almost the same. I'd like everyone to know as uh, uh, bulls. What are they called in uh, Ogremore tribes? Basically the same. Nice. What are they called? Fuck. Iron. Iron uh, no, not iron, iron guts. guts. No. The, what, the balls, gluttons. the balls, damage two, gluttons, yeah, gluttons, same. Kind well, of. except, yeah, sure, not at all. <laughs> <laughs> not the same. Uh, and then one fifty-five, everyone. I want you to know that. Right, the final unit. Here we go. The end of the show. Get your muscles out. Yeah, is the annihilators. They move four inches because they've been built by fucking dwardins themselves. They're bravery seven. They're three wounds apiece. Yeah, which means the unit can bring back one every turn. Yeah, they're a two-up armor save. One a turn, James. Doesn't matter. It's fine. Yeah, one a turn. Um, they've got a two-up armor save, and they are fucking ready. They've got three attacks apiece with the prime, and there are units of three. The prime, giving them plus one. So ten attacks out of this unit. Three threes, rend one, damage two, which is the same profile as the defenders, so it's not actually that scary. Um, although it's 20 damage, maybe. Um, they would beat the fuck out of some hobglock slitters. I just want you to point that out. Like, <laughs> be the living piss. They would beat the living piss out of the office. <laughs> anyway, Blazing Impact is their ability. It's after this unit is set up on the battlefield first time. Roll the dice for each enemy unit within 10 inches. You always have to be 9 inches away. And the unit suffers D3 mortal wounds on a 3 up. In addition, we fucking know who wrote this one, didn't we? You could reroll charge rolls for this unit if it was right, set lads. up on the battlefield the same turn. So you can drop them down, seven inch re-rollable charge, right? Uh, from the from the fellow. Or a nine inch re-rollable charge. Pretty good. Yeah. And they do impact hits when they charge. They do. They do impact hits and they charge um, uh, if it has two or more models, which is also really good as well. Uh, and then they get to beat you up. So they could probably land, do D3 mortal wounds to the Hobgrotch Slitters, you'll then battle shock off. Yeah charge into both the shooter boys and also 
the gut rippers and then just use the mortal wounds on the impact hits to kill one unit of the shooter boys they then battle shock off and then they just beat the toffee out of the gut rippers with the annihilators because they've got rend one which means they only get the six up save fucking 20 of them are running away and then uh then they've just got to fight the heroes so it's, uh, pretty good how many points for these james uh, one. How many? Five of them. Three, of, three. Them? three of them. Three again. One seven five. No, one ninety. Take oh, it, bitch. They're expensive. Yeah, take it. And and also, do you know why they're expensive? Because you know, there's always some idiot on the road. Apologies to anyone in the chat. And you drive <laughs> past them, and you're like, you brought a Hummer. Like it doesn't fit. And I think this is those are these Stormcast. They're like, what armor would you like, sir? What weapon? What unit? And they're like. Biggest one. That's it. That's their life decision. <laughs> yeah. They've got two up save. So they're great, aren't they? Uh, they are really, really, really good. So how do you both feel about the, the disparity between the two of this? Um, in this? I can't wait for us to play with the Underminion boxes, Rob. And, uh... <laughs> and you lose to me. Great game. There's I'm really a 400 happy. point difference in the box, James. 400 points. I'll let you bring. I'll let you bring an extra two units of the little the little lads. That's still 200 points down. If you bring took five Yinstra, of them, if you took Yinstra out, you know, if you took Yinstra out, yeah, yeah you still have more points than I would have. <laughs> Six to be you, mate. <laughs> Why do, I was like, I'm so hype about the vampires. I was like, Bin. And then I was like, oh, I'm so into these guys. The lore is amazing. Like, fucking amazing. And they're... But I'm hoping the allegiance abilities and yeah. the factions yeah. and everything change these around a lot. Um, quite terrified about all the abilities you're going to be able to stick on the Stormcast, though, because those guys are looking very good. So if you're a Stormcast player, you're going to be feeling fucking really cool going into this edition. So that's Pumped. good, right? Got my gamma ass on my arm. Pumped. Exactly. Imagine using this box as an introduction to the game and you have to play the Cruel Boys. What a first experience. <laughs> I don't want to add... Mr. Grody says, oh, it'll be fine if you just add four more units of slitters. That won't get me anywhere further. Um, but more on that later. I, I feel like the Cruel Boys are going to suck, but I hope not. Maybe not. we've got more to come. Maybe something that comes out for them in like the rest of the stuff will be better. Yeah, yeah that Maya Trogoth dude. That's, cool that's their hope, I think. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what the one dude... more scroll? The... <laughs> yeah, the, the dude riding the. <laughs> no, there's got to be more than one. There's about four more Stormcast ones, isn't there? Oh my god! Yeah, we haven't even seen the dragon stabbers or whatever they're going to be called. Or, be... or the chariot, Ben Hur, oh. and the croc. See, they got loads of things. Okay. Got a whole nother four-hour show coming soon. I need you guys to emotionally Twitch chat, YouTube guys, podcast guys. I need you all to keep me emotionally buoyant for my Cruel Boys play because it's going to be a rough ride. I just want you to know that. Uh, Nathan, you got any final thoughts on the uh, the Dominion Box War Scrolls? Uh, yeah, I mean, obviously it's they're pretty incomplete without allegiance abilities, mm -hmm. and uh, yeah, it's a smaller force on one side than the other. Even though you got a lot more models, but yeah, uh, it's uh, the way you play with those dudes, isn't it? Yeah. Okay. Well, there's just one more thing <clears throat> to kind of like to, to finish off here um, uh, before we go. 
So I'd just like to read it out because um, it's important for the future. And it's what's been able to keep me motivated for the next four, for the past four hours. So thanks to Nathan and James for doing the show with me. You guys are incredible. Thanks to everyone listening at home, obviously, whether you watch live or whatever it would be. This is an article called The Hobgrot Slitters. I shall read it all out to you. Okay. Rarely do the cruel boys make war without at least some hobgrots in tow. This is from the core rulebook. These industrious greenskins are the ostensible allies of chaos-worshipping Dwardin clans, double-crossing go-betweens who both keep the wheels of cruel boy society turning and take to battle to get to... Imagine that. Listen to this. Hobgrots are a subbreed of greenskin, problematic language, found across the realms. Though they share many qualities of their gloomspite brethren, such as long, flappy ears and a generic lack, general lack of hygiene. Nathan takes offence. Though this is, um, uh, they are more dexterous and organised than most grots. Though this still isn't saying much. Greenskin legends tell of an entire hobgrot empires that rule over the blasted lands, not without attack profile. No, they didn't. Fucking lies. But most infamous, uh, wait, but Hobgrots can also be found lending their services to other races. This is correct. Most infamous are those Dwardin clans that fell to the lure of chaos and are now Problematic language. (laughs) (laughs) And now operate as infernal craftsmen. Why Hobgrots and Dwardin began to work together is unclear, though it could simply be that both parties can at least trust one another to be untrustworthy. Whatever the case, Hobgrots serve as intermediaries between the Dwardin and the Uruks, delivering a tithe of captives to the former in exchange for material and forge secrets. That the Hobgrots skim a measure of loot off the top is a surprise to no one. Bloody blah. Bloody blah. Bloody blah. So, do you want the bad news? No, I want the good news. Tell me the bad news. Tell me the bad news. No, no, I'm going to give you the good news because it's the same. Yeah. The. Chaos Dwarves, which yeah, is what you've just told us, Yeah, make things for the Orcs. Factual. No, they make stuff for the Hobgrots who trade with the Orcs. Okay, so the Hobgrots have then yeah. traded armour to the Orcs. Yeah. Good luck on your Chaos Dwarf saves. <laughs> Shit. No, maybe they made it for the other ones, not the ho- not the Swamp Bogglers. Shit, no, look at the armour that those... Hobgrots are wearing. That's Chaos Dwarf armor. Yeah, mate, you're six gonna up have armor. All these Chaos Dwarfs on six up saves. <laughs> Good night, ladies really and gentlemen. Hard. I've been trying really hard in 2021 to not be pessimistic, but that Bing guy does my fucking book. <laughs> oh, funny. Oh, okay. Uh, fuck. But, Nathan, this is something to you. Fucking poking your eye from me to you, sir. Is, can your Dwardin ally with your Grots? No. No. I don't <laughs> think yours will be able to ally yeah, with they will. them Grots. No. Yeah, they will. They'll be both factions. They'll be Hob Grots, both sides of the fence. You reckon? All right. Yeah. Cool. You can have them. That's fine. You've really disappointed me, James. I was so full of enthusiasm. <laughs> I know, but I was like, you started, you were like, and they traded. I was like, here comes that warbler armor. There, now we know who made it. Nathan Stewarted. Nathan Why is it everything cool sucks? <laughs> well, what are you on about? Nathan's dwarves have made armor for the big lads. Chew up. 
The Chaos Dwarves have made armor for the Stabber Lads. Fiver. Seems about right. Still no, a sixer. Sixer. Shoddy. <laughs> Shoddy. <laughs> Shoddy <laughs> craftsmanship. Uh, fine. Whatever. Whatever. Um, the Orc armor isn't from the Dwarves, apparently. They made that armor bad on purpose because they're sneaky. Uh, there you go. That was the plan. Uh, they made the Orc armor bad on purpose. Yeah, the Orcs... Yeah, the... the... Dwarf, the dwarves never made the orc armor. They only made it for the hobgots. The six-up armor save guys, not the five-up. Okay, right. Well, we need uh-huh. to go to. We need to go. To yeah, that. yeah. Anyway. Um, it's been a pleasure. Have you guys got any shout-outs? Uh, I have one today. Yeah. So I'd like to shout out Chris Smith or Smythe. I'm not sure. He tweeted me during the show when I asked about objective rings, and his review is now going to be my punchline on objective rings because his review was i love mine more than i love bacon full stop and my kids (laughs) (laughs) so 10 out of 10 that man that's my favorite review so far nathan what about you um no all good i can't think of anything offhand we've done pretty Uh, well yeah 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 we've done pretty well all good Uh, well I'm shouting out you two because you two have sat in with me for a mammoth session. And anyone who started at the start and is still here to now, um, thanks for joining us over three editions now of Age of Sigmar. That's been pretty wild. Uh, we'll be here for the rest of the editions because I honestly have got nowhere else to go. Uh, so, <laughs> <laughs> so thanks for hanging out. It's been awesome. Um, yeah, we'll see you guys soon. Obviously, I'm going to do a bunch of different reviews and other stuff in smaller, smaller bits but it's been a real pleasure so thanks for hanging out thanks to everyone on the podcast uh stay hydrated thanks to everyone on youtube and thanks to everyone on the patreon because we couldn't do it without you and all of you guys have a nice day talk to you soon thanks for listening to honest wargamer we'll see you soon bye